in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it out. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Welcome in, everybody. It is Wednesday, July 19th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. We're coming to you from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Visit business.louisville.edu to see what the UofL College of Business can do for you. No better time to hop in than right now. UofL MBA program uh, at the UofL College of Business is getting you your MBA in just 12 months. Uh, business.louisville.edu to find out how. On the air today from 3 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM. Streaming all over the land, it's Mike Rutherford with Trevor Kelsey uh, back behind the glass here in a little gloomy Jeffersonville, Indiana today. I'm fine with it. Not hot, not sunny, not smoky, just a little gloomy. It's okay. Uh, We'll start. uh, Apologies for being off the air yesterday. I know I've mentioned it a couple of times in in recent weeks. Uh, Health has kind of been an issue. The Canadian, we're we're blaming Canada. It's the Canadian wildfires. We're blaming them. They've sent uh, all the sorts of long COVID, asthma, whatever it is. Uh, into just pure chaos. So I, I, I know it's obnoxious. I know it's annoying. I know people get uh, upset when they are used to listening to a show every day and they log in at three and, and you know, we're not there. I did put out a, a message yesterday trying to, to give a little bit of a heads up, but I know this is the second time it's happened in the last few weeks. I think it was the second time in three weeks. And uh, I hang in there. I promise. I, I, I promise that I'm doing as much as I can. I, I'm absolutely doing the best that I can. And We'll continue to do so, but we're here today. We're we're making the most of it. We're we're once again doing the best we can, and we will do that until six. Uh, Trevor Kelsey is here, looking sprite. Although you, you you've got something wrong with your your toe now. You we're, we're all banged no, up. A little, little, little hitching a giddy up. It's not a big deal. You sound okay. I'll be okay. Okay. Now as much and as much as I want you to feel better, I just don't know if I can excuse this, these these heinous accusations against Canada. So are you going to blame yourself for you come back and I just three hours with you was just too much? I, I think it was, yeah. I think I just I just exploded your immune system. You want to know what Mary's blaming now? Beyonce. No, she thinks it's the studio. She's like anything that smells like that. She's like you can't be breathing in good stuff over there. She's she's like you've been. She's like it's gotten so much worse since you all started doing the show over there. She's like I she's like I don't know what's going on, but she's like that smell. Anything that smells like that can't be good for your lungs. What well, Southern Indiana? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like it, it's crazy. I mentioned that the wildfires smoke had come back in, and a lot of people who've been dealing with the same stuff that I've been dealing with have talked about how it's just kind of it's wrecked them, and it's 
it set them back a little bit. You have like normal, and I, the fact that I like asthma was the one thing that I had wrong with me before this whole thing started. So I've always dealt with you know asthma stuff to a degree. But I'm sure that's not helping either when you've got bad air. And we were outside a bunch on uh, on Sunday and Saturday with the kids. So yeah, I'm hoping that's what it was. And now that the air's gotten a little bit better, I'm feeling a little bit. So better now you're today. blaming the kids. Uh, it's it, it's everybody's fault. It's it's Canada. It's the kids. It's you. It's the studio. It's it's Beyonce. But I actually one I, person's fault. It's not. Is Mary's. It's not Mary's fault. No, no, she's innocent, one hundred percent. She's good. Yeah, I, I felt fine. When first of all, she goes. She had a great time with the Beyonce concert on Monday. Hey, hey, did she get home okay? Because I, I think she I heard did it, it, it delay. It was a disaster. It was like she yeah. got she got so she, it took her less time to get home from Taylor Swift in Cincinnati than it did from Beyonce at Cardinal Stadium. Okay, now in fairness though, Beyonce did start late, right? No, but it's like 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 full on like time after the concert. Oh, to just get not home. even that excuse. It took okay. her like two and a half hours. Like after she get home at like two thirty in the morning. Which was outrageous. You know, she, she, yeah, the, the, she knew that the the Uber, the rideshare situation was going to be a disaster, and she just, in her classic like Mary way, like saw a woman waiting for somebody. She's like, "Hey, are you are you are you picking somebody up?" And she was like, "Yeah, I'm picking up my daughter to go." And she's like, "Can we pay you to give us a ride?" And this woman's like, "Yeah, I'm like that's a great way to get kidnapped in, in 2023." But she finally, uh, <laughs> she she was like all she's all proud of herself. She was all excited. Like I scored this ride, and then like. 25 minutes later, I get a text from her. It's like, we haven't moved in half an hour. So I knew it was bad. But the, the kids were good. Uh, I, I got them down. Mary got home at like 2.30. And then like I, I woke up at like 3.30 and just immediately could tell. The only way I can describe it is it was how I felt last summer when things were at their worst when I was first starting to deal with this. And I was like, oh, boy. And then yesterday, I just knew. I was, I was hoping I could sleep a little bit during the day. And it would be better. And then I texted you and Duke and at like 145. I was like, this is just, I, I can't, I can't do it. There's going to be no way. It'd be the worst show of all time. It'd just be me groaning into a mic as I lie on the floor for That's, three hours. The, the bar's been set pretty high already, I think. We may not do better than that today, but we <laughs> we will try our damnedest. Uh, and so, like, I, I pretty much, I, the only thing that ever makes anybody feel better with this is just hyper rest. Just, you know, and it's like any illness, but this one especially, unless I sleep an insane amount. Like I just I I never will feel better. So I slept as much as I could. I think I've had long COVID for forty years. Yeah, so, yeah what's like the Wayne's? Pro- I once thought I had mono for an entire month. <laughs> yeah, it turns out I was just really tired. I was really like, bored. I was bored. <laughs> really bored. You're right. Uh, I used to use that a lot in school sometimes. <laughs> so I rolled over at five thirty to start watching the the Reds, who may never win again. They, I mean, I I know I said it for a long time. Like once they were playing so well, like I'm not I'm not going to get greedy. They're a year ahead of schedule. A couple years ahead of schedule. But my God, last night it was the biggest Reds Giants. There's games. no one else in the bat you can take. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, don't, I literally don't think there's anyone left. They're the only guys playing well for us now too are the guys we've taken <laughs> from the bats. Uh, but so Ellie, God love him. I, and I can't get mad at him, but I'm so mad at him. I, I mean, he's at second base, bottom of the ninth. The Giants don't have their All Star closer in. You, you've got a guy. You, at the plate, who's the best bunner in all of baseball. He stole second successfully, and then he's trying to get greedy and do his thing. You know, all the hype that he got from stealing first, second, and third against the Brewers. He's trying to get greedy and go to third, and he gets picked off, which you just cannot do. I mean, he's got ridiculous speed. You assume Friedel's going to get him to third, and then you've got your three and your four hitters up with a guy on third, the winning run on third, in the bottom of the ninth. You can't Sacrifice situation as well, right? Yeah, and we've, yeah. And, and we've already thrown Alexis Diaz, so the closer's been used. So this is this is the moment to score. This is the moment to end the game. You feel like there's like an, an 80% chance that you're going to score with him on second base, and then he gets picked off, which is just inexcusable, and, and, and they lose in 10 innings. And then they finally st- – they can only hit when Luke Weaver pitches. They, it's like they know that he's going to give up at least eight. 
and so they've got a hit. And so they come out, and it's home run derby again at, at Great American Ballpark last night. And you know, you, you're thinking, you know, Weaver actually gets knocked out of the game early, so they've already have a depleted bullpen. They got to use all these guys. The Giants are scoring, but then Christian Encarnacion Strand comes in as a pinch hitter, drills a, th- I mean, three run bomb for his first MLB hit. It was awesome. Puts the Reds ahead. All the momentum in the world is with the Reds, and they, they're they're pathetic bullpen now. Just can't throw a strike last night. All two guys that they DFA'd who never got claimed off of waivers and now are back with the club. Uh, they, they combined to walk eight guys last night, and you know, they ended up losing 11-10. It was just the frustration. I mean, Jonathan India cannot – if there's a guy on first, he's going to hit into a double play. I, I need a – I'm glad he's not in the lineup. I think I found your real source of your long COVID. It's India. I think it's just the Reds in general this year. Well, no, it's maybe the last, like, week. But they've, oh, yeah. they, they've been, been keeping me going for the last, like, three months before this. In the last couple weeks, you've had your sickest moments, and they've been a little bit struggling with the All-Star break and then this. Yeah, basically ever since I got back mm-hmm. from vacation. I was okay last week when you were gone, which, you know, take from that what you will. <laughs> I try not to. But India, my <laughs> guy, I, I need a mental break from Jonathan India, and I'm glad that he's not in the lineup tonight, apparently. But this is classic Reds-Giants. We make mistakes against the Giants that we don't make against anybody else. It happens every year when we play them, or in the playoffs, God forbid. And last night, I mean, Ellie getting picked off. We, we ruined a double play in the seventh inning where Ellie just should have taken it himself, threw it to McClain, who wasn't ready. Like, just all this little crap that they just should not have not been doing for the last month and a half, they're starting to do. They've lost six in a row now. They're, I think, three games back of the Brewers. they got to play the Giants tonight. And the schedule doesn't get any easier. The schedule is brutal for July, which I mentioned, I think, in late June. They still got they have to play the Brewers again next week. they got the Braves. They've got the Dodgers. It lightens up a little bit in August, but my goodness. It, it, they've got to start finding a way to win some games. And th- these six games, it's not like they're just they're playing terrible baseball and they're getting blown out. Four of them have been by, by one run. One of them was the two-run loss in extra innings yesterday, and the other one was a 3 nothing loss to the Brewers. They just, you know, when the bats are going, the arms aren't going, and, and vice versa. They just cannot seem to make the plays or get the big hits that they were getting in the, in, in the first half of the season, and it's driving me crazy. But It makes you feel better. The Blue Jays called back Alex Manoa, Alec Manoa, and he got rocked by uh, San Diego. I saw that, yeah. That's Which that's nothing else is new for him, I guess. I, I am taking a little bit of joy <laughs> in the fact that the Yankees' offense is somehow even worse since they fired Dylan. Like they, that they, needs they, to be. That's that's, that's where you got it. You got to get some 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 happiness in that, right? It is great. Like you know, because I'm so used to. I, I would. I didn't want to do it, but I always would. I would like Twitter search his name. And again, if they're playing really well, nobody was talking about Dylan. Nobody cares about the hitting coach when you're no, playing well. The offensive lineman, yeah. You know. Right. Exactly. But then it, you know you, you go like a week without seeing Dylan's name, and if they have one bad game, you switch search his name, and it's like 345 responses in a second about we got to fire this guy, he sucks. And now when you Twitter search his name, it's all these same people who are like, apparently Lawson wasn't the problem. Like, what a scapegoat he was. Like, <laughs> like Jesus. Like, it, it's unbelievable. It's like the poor guy Lawson replaced has probably been thinking the same thing now for like That's years. Sean Casey. <laughs> yeah. He was. No, the guy that replaced, that Lawson replaced. Oh, uh, Thames, I think was, yeah. was his name. Yeah, he was he, he was definitely a scapegoat as well. It's like, and now everybody's like, maybe it's just this crap roster that Cashman's put together. I'm like, you think? Maybe it's not, you think maybe these professionals not hitting? Is, I mean, it looks like the late awful. 80s, not. Early '90s Yankees team with just the high-priced guys that just don't produce, like Stanton. They're in last place for I think I saw the first time since 19. They're in last place this late in the season for the first time since 1990. So it is like those those Steinbrenner where they're just 
inexplicably bad in the early '90s and, and late '80s. Like, but they said. had, but they had the large salary. But he was not spending buying every well, big free always, agent. They're always spending money. They're well, always, that's true. They're always going to have players. They just, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out well. But I have taken some some joy in the fact that people are like, oh, maybe it wasn't the the hitting coach's fault. Stan is batting one ninety six. They're all hitting like below two twenty. <laughs> And he's making like $40 million. Yeah. And Rizzo's in a huge. $32 uh, million, actually. <laughs> Rizzo's in a huge slump. And the, the judge may come back. And judge is like, I may never be healthy again. It's like, good Lord. Like, <laughs> what's going on? But they're, they're Strug City up there. But the Reds need to get it going. Oh, I feel so bad for the Yankees. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. We, we need to have some fun. I need something good going on. We do also have. Well, we're, 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 we're what, 44 days from football? 44 days from football. Yeah, four, that's Ellie Dela Cruz number. We've got. Uh, you're, you're damn right. Uh, we've got Jeff Brom. He appeared on the Jim Rome show. I'll play some clips from that a little bit later uh, today. We've got some more takes on the U of L women's basketball team. Uh, we, we can talk briefly about. I know it's kind of old news at this point. Them winning the Global Jam, but I thought Alexis Cupid had a, a good write up in the Courier Journal that I want to discuss. Um, we've got odds to win the national championship on both the men's and the women's sides that are fresh. We've got SEC Media Days continuing to go strong, although there's not really anything coming out of it. We've got ACC Media Days next week. We now know who's going to be representing U of L there, and we want nonsense from you as always on the Thornton Sex Line at 502-414-1450. Thornton's giving you the best deals all summer long. Download the Refreshing Rewards app to take advantage. Go to your app store, search Refreshing Rewards, download that bad boy, and then save yourself some money on gas and any tasty treats inside any one of the 55,612 area Thornton's locations. Do all that stuff, then text us at 502-414-1450. I was just on your Twitter account, and two things stuck out to me. One, uh, I think it's no coincidence that we brought up Aaron Murray, and here you are tweeting about him. You see that? We brought him up on Monday. We we brought it. We brought it up. We 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 brought him back to relevance. Well, we didn't bring him up. You just thought that Andy Murray, the tennis player, was, <laughs> Play was for the name Georgia. of the Georgia quarterback. <laughs> Same difference, right? It's not. I mean, how, it's how much close, it's as close as Aaron Murray's going to be brought up in today's relevant sports radio talk, anyway. I'm pretty sure that guy. So if you haven't seen it, it's the, there's some band at some dive bar in Nashville, and the dude's got a like, Georgia number eleven jersey on, and Aaron Murray's on stage singing with him, and he's like. He's like, "What's your name, brother?" And you could tell, like, Aaron's like trying to tell him, and he's like, "He's like, what? What's that?" And he's like, "You've got my jersey on." Everybody's like, "That's Aaron Murray." <laughs> I'm like, "That guy's getting kicked out of the South now. He's got to go live in Nantucket for the next year." Uh, and the other thing I noticed was uh, the not one but two uh, Tommy Chong uh, gummy spots uh, uh, promoted tweets on your on your line. Well, that's not me. That's, that's just Twitter in general. Have you not noticed these before? I did. I just wanted to bring you up because I saw you complaining about it on, on one day on here. The, the only ads that have been on Twitter for the last month are these Cheech and Chong gummies. I mean, more power to them for spending that money, but I can't I can't scroll two seconds without seeing a Cheech and Chong gummy. Have you tried blocking them? No, I, don't, I mean, I, I like Cheech and Chong. I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do them bad like that. <laughs> I block the like the, the crap people who are just like, you know, the politicians. I, I don't even look at like what side they're on. If they have a, an ad where it's like, you need to help me defeat whatever, I'm like, bloom, you're blocked. I don't want to see this. Get out of my face. I, I block anyone who, anything that's on my Twitter newsfeed that I don't follow. I, I don't care who you are. I have started blocking a bunch of the, just like the people who pay for Twitter now. In like the anytime because anytime I click on a tweet, I used to love seeing like the best responses. It's one of the things that frustrates me now with the new Twitter. And now you just see the people who pay for it have the first responses. And some of them, I mean, every now and then you'll get a funny one, but usually these are like the least funny people on the planet. I'm like block, 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 block. I'm just trying to get. I'm like, if if you're paying for this and you're trying to get to the top, I'm not going to let you take advantage of me. It's not going to happen. Usually, I'm, I mute people. I just block the corporation, the promoted ones, the ads are the ones I block. I usually just mute everybody else. 
How progressive of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got to... You got, you got you got to move forward, evolve, my friend. You're fine. Rick, Rick Pitino is trending by right now, by the way, because he just added another transfer. Oh, did you get the kid from Harvard? Uh, Tennessee. Chris think, led uh, led them. He, oh, okay, yeah, that was the guy that they were, they thought they were going to get initially, and now yeah. he's back in the portal. I mean, we have guys just back in the portal now. We've got. I mean, there was a kid from from he's Kansas. Done better in recruiting in like two weeks at St. John's, and we've done in like well, two. We'll years. see how the team plays, but. You're probably well, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're probably right. You keep telling you're giving yourself like the yeah, yeah, we'll see how they play. You know they're gonna play. You know exactly what they're gonna do. Can we talk about how you came back from your vacation with just like the most just I don't know what happened to you out there. I don't know if this was a moment of enlightenment. <laughs> <laughs> if you like took something that, that that formed a new pathway in your brain that allowed you to see the future, but you came back like ten times more pessimistic about U of L basketball than you were before. And then also you changed I had a couple people text the text me over the, after the show on Monday. You completely changed like your biggest thing for the last year, which is in year two. I don't care who we hire. You need to go to the NCAA tournament. NCAA tournament is the bar. I'm not changing. I'm not changing. I'm well, not changing. Now, it, and then on Monday, you're like, you know, 15 wins. If you go well, 15 and 17 with the right combination of factors, I could be okay with that. It was the biggest change of pace I've ever seen from you. I don't think I said exact words. I'd be okay with that. I said I, I would. Oh, you said you I would. Were okay I would. With I, would it. I would be open minded to listening. The problem is, I just don't see any scenario where we can even get that to get to that point. That's how little trust I do have in in somewhat. That's in the fine, case. but you're you're just you're, you're changing so, one of like your core tenets. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just letting you know if if if, if this team goes 15 and 15, I will listen to reasonings for him coming back. I just don't think you're going to even have that opportunity to get to have that conversation. Well, they wouldn't go me. 15 and 15 because they'd have to play more games than that. So it'd be 15 and 17. If they win 15 games, they're going to be below 500. Okay. We can't because my whole thing. I, I made the, the reference of if we go fifteen and seventeen, that's winning twenty games is not the standard at a program like Louisville. It should be expected that you're going to win at least twenty games. If we win fifteen this year, that's under twenty, 20 games. That's when <laughs> under twenty. That's under twenty wins in two seasons for your new head coach. To me, that's that's a non-starter right there. Like that's we're done. We need to move on. And you're here, like I don't know. <laughs> and then in your next breath, you're like, oh, I don't think we're going to win seven, so it doesn't matter. Which is fine, but you can't change the conversation like that. Oh, I can change it all right. We're going to win more than seven games. I'll change it more than a, than, than a wife before she goes out. That's, I mean, <laughs> I don't hate it. I would, I, not your worst. Not, not, not my best either. Well, Just don't tell her that when, the out, when she asks about her outfit. <laughs> not your worst, but not your best. Yeah, I also saw Rick Pitino. Is like, I did like his tweet last night where he was like, Congrats to Kentucky with hanging out uh, at Drake's house over the weekend. We're hanging out with Mr. and Mrs. Met, and we're going uptown. And they had a picture with, with like, the Mets mascots. The Mets mascot. I was like, damn it, I miss him. I, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> I do. I can't help it. Little stuff like that. Like I, I, I'd, I'd, hang, I'd rather hang out with Mr. and Mrs. Met than Drake. Well, they didn't even get to hang out with Drake. They just hung out at his house without him. Now, that would be something that would be up your ass. Well, that's just now weird. You get to hang out at Drake's house, but you don't have to actually hang out with Drake. What, where was Drake? Who invites He's on tour. Well, who invites people to your house and you're, when you're not there? They're part of La Familia. Drake and, and John, they text all the time. They're bros. He's basically what, a wildcat. The cow couldn't get a hotel room? He had to crash on Drake's couch while he was out there? They didn't stay there. They just visited for a day. Got to swim what in his pool. This, when did Drake's house become Graceland? I mean, it's like a billion-dollar house in Toronto. It's huge. Okay. Yeah. I mean, what, do you think Drake was living in, like, Lake Forest? Well, I don't think Drake ever lived in the slums, despite what he likes to tell you in his music. He didn't. Yeah, he grew up with he grew up over upper middle class neighborhood. Speaking of Lake Forest, did you see all the, the like the flooding there yesterday? No. Cars underwater. 
like Forest was just yeah, it was it was kind of crazy. We think a lot of people out there have boats. Yeah, big flash flood going on last night. It rained a ton in, in a short amount of time, and Lake Forest, yeah, Middletown just got drilled. I have serious since like even like uh, what was the storm we had? Was it was it Sunday night or Monday night? We had the real bad storm that hit like no, it was Monday night. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, like you we were worried about the concert being canceled, but the rain had hit to like midnight. Yeah, exactly. Like I just I have because of the electricity issue, I still have like serious like PTSD for like the the power going out. Like it just, I hear rain, like one drop hit, and I'm just like already like praying that the, that the power stays on. Yeah, I was I was very nervous it'll, it'll for, a hit me for a while there. I was nervous that Mary's gonna be at the concert, and I was gonna have no power with the kids for the entire night, which would have been that would have been tough. But instead, we played flounder and aerial for the entire night. John was happy; it was good. It was all good until about the middle of the night, and that's fine. But the kids were good. The kids were great. The kids were fantastic. I'm seeing also Rick Pitino is trending right underneath cat turd. Which is I don't get captured. I've got arresting Trump, boycott CMT apparently, and Oppenheimer. Right. How these are all connected, I could not tell you. Well, I can tell you. They're, they're not connected at all, but they are. I can tell you what they're turning. But Cat Turd is like the big. He's like a, he's like a huge conservative Twitter account. Oh, is he? I didn't know until um, like like a buddy of mine. His in laws are are very much on the the right side. And he was like my little cousin. Like he, he's like, he's like he, he gets all of his information from this Twitter account called Cat Turd. And I was like, I was like, there's no way. And there, I was like, there's no way that's a real thing. And I looked it up, and sure enough, he's got like a billion followers. And he is a, but he had a big thing today that was like, I guess, telling his story about how he's exhausted and he, he doesn't know how he got all this attention to be like the, 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 the vessel for news. And the responses are hilarious because people are talking about this person very seriously. Like the, the first response that I see is from Stephanie and she goes, your story resonates with so many people, cat turd, (laughs) 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 which I know like maybe just, maybe just call him cat. If you're going to, if you're going to, cause just seeing, wouldn't you, wouldn't you you respect it to be Mr. Turd? Just seeing cat, seeing people use the name cat turd. Just, I'm going to like, like turd is just one of the funniest words in the English language. It is. I'm going to laugh every time. And again, this isn't a Republican thing or if there was a liberal account that was cat turd, and people were talking about it earnestly and, and using it seriously. And try, I, I would still laugh. It's the funniest thing in the entire world. So, I mean, is Cat Turd, is he, is he Republican or Democrat? Oh, Republican. Huge right so, wing. So, should, like, like, should Dog Turd be Democrat? That's a good idea. <laughs> should we get a Dog Turd account and do the Democrat? <laughs> I stand with Cat Turd. Like, it's just funny. It's just funny I support Dog Turd. I knew Cat Turd when he was younger. Uh, maybe you don't do Turd. Maybe change it up like Dog Load. I mean, I mean, so the, the first part of his of his post is I'm exhausted mentally and physically. This cat turd thing has been a five year roller coaster ride. Like I don't even know what's going on, but I, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm not I'm not trying to get this is an apolitical conversation. It's the fact that somebody named Cat Turd has somehow created all this power in in America. Uh, this is greatest country in the world. Still, I don't care what anybody says. You think Cat Turd could get famous in Italy? No. Cat turd could have political sway in, I don't know, Slovakia? Absolutely not. Only in America. Go cat turd. And then right underneath it, I just see Trump, Trump, Trump is tweeting. I don't know what's going on. Do you see, uh, speaking of non-political stories that we can that, that are actually political, uh, Daniel Cameron named his running mate for um, the, the governor's race. And it's somebody that nobody really knew anything about. Like, if you knew, you have to be deep in Kentucky politics to know this guy. But his last name. Daniel Cameron. Yeah. All you need to know about it is is this this guy's name is Mills. So their ticket is Cameron Mills. Is it really Cameron Mills? Yeah, because his last name's Cameron. The guy he's running with is Mills. So they're like, the Cameron Mills ticket is ready to go. And I'm like, how many. 
are they are they smart enough to do this on purpose to where they hope that some a handful of people out in Eastern <laughs> Kentucky or Central Kentucky are going to be like Cameron Mills is running. Let, let's see if they show like the the shot that he gets Duke and like they're in their political ads. I mean, it's it's savvy move. You I mean people will vote for a white walk on f- from Lexington? They'll probably think it was. Yeah, I mean I'm sure that, that's what they're going for. I would do it. Yeah. <laughs> is it Cameron Mills? By the way, what do you mean? Is the is the is the Mills Cameron Mills or is no 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 it's <laughs> it's not Cameron Mills it's an old white guy who's been in Kentucky politics for a while you didn't answer my question <laughs> it is not I guess, I guess Cameron Mills is kind of old but I don't think he's been a politician yeah because the Duke shot was like twenty three years ago yeah he was twenty four yeah, years ago it's been a long time it's been a long time but that's been your political update today uh, we've got uh, I tell you what we'll take our first break when we come back. We'll, we'll talk about Jeff Brom on Jim Rome. He had some interesting things to say. That was a nice little – always good when you get these little summer tidbits, these little grass. You know, I think that people received his comments better than they received Kenny Payne's on the John Rothstein podcast from last week. So we can talk about that. And then we'll take some text from you guys at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1. Big X. We're driving Cadillacs in our dreams But everybody's like crystal Maybach Diamonds on your timepiece Jet planes, islands Tigers on a gold leash We don't care We aren't caught up in your love affair And we'll never be royals It's a one and A little bit later on today's show, we're also going to give away two tickets for the Racing Louisville match this weekend. It's going to be a, a cool night out at Slugger, uh, it's not Slugger Field, at Lynn Family Stadium. You're going to have Racing Louisville, which is red hot right now, play its match. And then there's going to be a watch party for the U.S. Women's National Team's World Cup opener, which will, of course, feature Racing Louisville's own Savannah DeMello. So that's going to be fun. We're going to give away two tickets for that coming up. That'll be an hour number two today. Louisville Slugger Field will be rocking tonight. they got the uh, Columbus Clippers in town. Now, I, I understand our boy Josh had to sit through like a 15-hour rain delay last he night. He pretty much had a doubleheader last night without having a doubleheader. That sucks. Like, he, like the, the, the rain was – and usually the minor league teams, I mean, they, they'll go like an hour on a rain delay and be like, all right, we're calling it. We're not, we're not going to, like, try to mess with this. I can only assume that they tried to they, – they spent like the last 30 minutes of a 90-minute – at one point it was 90 minutes. I'm like, they've got to be just trying to figure out where they're going to move this game to. Because they usually announce like when they when they call a game like the the game will be replayed you know so and so whenever so I just think that's all they were doing and it turned out into being like a two hour and forty five minute rain delay and they were like no we're getting this game going but we're only gonna go seven innings now because of the late start okay and so he I mean which I is, they lost well, yeah they did they they were they ended up being down like five to one early in the game they ended up losing five three I think but uh, yeah they just uh, so yeah he. And he gets up. He works at you know. He does another job. He has to be up at like six in the morning. So yeah. He he he. Last night he was like, "Do you mind just you know just working this game tomorrow night? I'm not gonna get you sleep." Like uh, I, I got you back, Jack. We will have that uh, on our airwaves tonight. The bats eight and eight in the second half of the season. Another game against the Columbus Clippers tonight. Six thirty five is the first pitch. Six oh five coverage will start here on fourteen fifty. The Big X. All right, as promised, uh, Jeff Brom was a guest on the Jim Rome show yesterday. People say we sound alike. It's not me interviewing Jeff Brom. 
It's Jim Rome. I think you should be able to tell the difference. It's about 10 minutes once I you can. hear this thing in its entirety. And we'll let Jeff talk, and then uh, we'll come back, and we'll have Trevor and I give our thoughts, and then we'll turn things over to you guys on the text line. What's up? People are going to think it's you and me just talking. They're going to think you're Jerome and I'm Jeff. That's You have been mistaken several <laughs> times, Jeff Brown, <laughs> both physically and vocally. Yeah, I, I, that is true. That is, do you know how many times I've been stopped for an autograph? Like, yeah. I'm not Jeff. I'm Greg. And they're like, oh, never mind. They walk away. And you throw a ball, they're like, you're <laughs> definitely Jeff. Let them spit on my shoes. It was really uncalled for. <laughs> All right, here's uh, this is Jeff Brom on the Jim Rome Show from yesterday. Did you know taking care of your teeth and gums <laughs> helps ease symptoms of... Well, that's... Which one is that? <laughs> Did you know there was going to be an ad there? No, I just sent what you the file. I thought dental. you'd listen to it. Well, I, I couldn't listen to it I, I, We can't with the way the setup is now. This happened also, Joined so... by the head go. football right. coach Here's Jeff Louisville. He's entering his first season at his alma mater. He spent the last six years at Purdue, guiding the Boilermakers to the Big Ten title game last year and four bowl appearances while he was there. Of course, he played in the NFL for seven years. The Cardinals are going to open up their season September 1st against Georgia Tech. Jeff Brom joins me once again. Jeff, it's great to have you back. How are you? I'm doing great, buddy. Thanks for having me. Good to have you, Jeff. So you and I talked about this shortly after you got that gig, but let me ask you, everybody wants to do it. So few people get the opportunity. You are one of the only ones who gets to actually come home. So what's it been like so far, and how has your summer been? Well, you know what? It's been a good uh, first about six months on the job. Of course, a lot of uh, work to be done and a lot of things to to get ready for the first game, but, uh, you know, see a lot of familiar faces, a lot of people that I know that are invested in the program, a lot of fans that I know really are passionate about finding a way to win, and it's up to me to, to spearhead that and, and to be the leader of it, and I think I just understand the uh, um, all that goes into to trying to create a, a winning football team, a winning atmosphere, uh, and all the work that has to be done, and I'm going to make sure, you know, as the head coach, I do my part, and that continues down to our assistants and our players, but uh, there's a lot on our plate, but you got to attack it every day and, and uh, never back down and hope for the best. Jeff Brom joining us. That's some of that Jeff Brom intensity that I like and I respect. You know, you do know. You know what it takes to get that thing built, how to get it done. So let me ask you this. Every single coach that I've ever spoken to talks about the importance of culture. Obviously, in your experience, how long does it take to instill a culture, you know, a culture where you get a full buy-in from your players? How long does that take? Well, I'll tell you what. I really don't put a time frame on it. I think that... uh you know, the team is going to take on the personality of the head coach to a certain degree and the personality of the assistants. And we have to just make sure that, uh, you know, every day we're putting in the work to get better. And every day we're around our players, we're studying the game, we're finding ways to improve, we're figuring out answers for problems so that when they come up we have immediate answers on the field during the season. And our players have to see that. And I just think it's important that, uh, you know, they see the head coach working, putting in the time, they see our assistants working, putting in the time, and then that will encourage them to want to work and understand that hopefully when they take the field, being a former player myself, they, they have the feeling that, you know what, yes, we do have a chance to win this game, and here are the reasons why. And let's just do our part because I know uh, for a fact the others are doing their parts. I just think it has to be a, a total buy-in of people visibly seeing others put in hard work, uh, have a good attitude, come to work every day, trying to improve and get better, encouraging others to, to work harder and find ways to 
to ante up and, and, and push the envelope. And I just think that if you stick together and you work hard through it, that naturally will occur as long as you have the right people doing it. So one more thought about that. What comes first, the culture or the wins? In other words, do you establish the culture and then the wins follow, or does the culture take hold once you start winning? Well, I think you have to have that uh, winning atmosphere uh, in the office and, and on the practice field and in the weight room. And uh, the, they have to see people encouraging and investing in them and helping them improve and get better. And I, you know, we've taken a lot of pride here at trying to, you know, there's, some, there's always some difference makers on your team that just want to be great and want to stand out and be the best one in the country. And if they have coaches that are willing to put in that time and extra effort with them to get it done, then normally good things happen. So I think we've been pretty good at that in the past. We've got to continue to, uh, you know, coach the entire team to be its very best, but also spend that extra time every day uh, in helping our guys improve and get better. And I think if you do that, winning will happen. Now, doesn't mean it's going to happen all the time. We tell our players, hey, you know, even sometimes the national championship team will lose a game. You have to find ways to handle losses and how are you going to handle the adversity and, and understand that it's going to happen at some point in your time and you've got to be able to learn from it quickly and come back the next week and play even harder. We're talking to Jeff Brom. So, Jeff, under center, you've got Jack Plummer. He spent last year at Cal. He played three years with you at Purdue. When you talk about difference makers, is he one of those difference makers? And then what does he bring to this team? Well, we think he can be. You know what? Uh, he's got a ton of experience. He's played a lot of football, and that adds a lot of value. Uh, he's been battle-tested. He's been able to handle some big wins and then some tough losses. He's been a starter. He's sometimes uh, had somebody step ahead of him. But he's fought through it. He has a great attitude. He's come here um, you know, with one year left. Uh, he wants to go out with the bang. He wants to help this football team win. He wants to improve his, his game. He wants to put his name up there amongst the, the best in the country if we find a way to win. And he understands all those things have to happen to get that done. But as far as uh, being a great leader, putting in the work, uh, studying the football game, uh, being battle-tested, uh, he has that. So we want to help him uh, achieve those goals. And it takes the, you know, our coaches doing their part, our, our, our teammates around them playing well, uh, building a team that plays good defense, that's good on special teams, that doesn't put too much pressure on the quarterback, which I've had a, a fault of doing that at times. But I just think he really has played a lot of football, and that's going to come uh, in handy when we start playing football games. We are talking to Jeff Brom. So in terms of having the help around him, you got a couple of guys in the backfield that should take some of the edge off. You've got a running back tandem of Jahar Jordan and Maurice Turner. Turner led the Cardinals in rushing last year, and then I should say Jordan, and then Turner had a solid true freshman year. How excited are you to get both of them going in your system offensively? Well, I think it'll really help. Jawar is really a special player. We've been... Uh, very pleasantly uh, pleased uh, with how he's played. He's really quick. He's athletic. He has good hands. He can make guys miss. Maurice Turner also runs uh, powerful and can do some special things in the backfield. And that's a good tandem. You know, we really have kind of been built a little more around our receiver play since I've been a head coach. And, uh, you know, to have two really good, solid running backs there, we want to try to make sure that we spread the wealth around. And then you continue to build it with, you know, guys on the perimeter that can make plays in space and create touchdowns and big plays. But I just think it takes everybody. Uh, but if you have a good tandem of running backs, man, it really uh, takes a lot of pressure off that quarterback. We're talking Louisville football for a few more moments with Jeff Brom. So, Jeff, because there is no preseason in college football per se, you've got a lot of teams that try to kind of ease into it by hosting a non-conference game. That's not the case with you. You're going to open up on the road against Georgia Tech. Does that kind of thing create an even greater sense of urgency with every single offseason workout and everything the players do individually knowing that they've got to hit the ground running? 
Without question, it does. Anytime you start with a conference game, you understand the importance of it. Going on the road is even more important. You've got to be ready to play. I think uh, throughout my years as a head coach, especially at Purdue, we played a lot of uh, tough football games, a lot of tough not- uh, non-conference football games. Uh, you know, this year at Louisville, we have 11 Power Five teams on our on our schedule, which isn't very common uh, nowadays. But that's how we like it. I think uh, anytime you can play a tough schedule of really talented teams, it helps your team understand. Look, there's no weeks off. You've got to prepare. You've got to put in the work. You've got to do everything you can to to lay it on the line to win this football game. When it's over, win or lose, you got to come back and do it again. And that's just what really good football teams can do across the country. Is they're able to do it every single week. They have the inner confidence. Uh, and self-esteem to perform every single time they step on the field. And then if something bad happens or there's a little hiccup, they're able to rebound quickly. And that's what we got to uh, try to build here. And it's got to start with myself, and we've got to be ready to go. And, and hopefully uh, the study that we put in on all of our opponents up to this point will help. And then as we get to that week, you're a little bit ahead. Uh, and your players just got to put in the work and you're ready to play. Man, that's true. You do have a schedule now. You've got Notre Dame coming to Louisville in October. You're going to go back to the Big Ten and take on Indiana in mid-September, and then you've got that rugged in-conference schedule. Before I let you go, you did mention the defense briefly. You're returning six starting players on defense that held the opposition to under 20 points per game last season. What is the outlook on that side of the ball this season? Well, I think we can be a special t- uh, team on that side of the ball. I think the last half of the year last year, they performed at a high level. You saw them really improve. They were able to uh, put more pressure on the quarterback, uh, challenge routes on the outside, allow their guys to take chances and make plays. We want to build off that. We understand that uh, that was a strength. Uh, it really helped elevate the play of, of, of this football team last year at the last half of the season. We want to build on it. I think we, we do have some veterans coming back and Ashton Gelati at the defensive end position and Jarvis Brandley, Quinton Rowley at the corner position with a host of others that have played football. And I think they have to understand in order to, uh, to win championship level football, you've you got to be really good on defense. You've got to be solid. You've got to be aggressive. You've got to attack. You've got to create turnovers. You've got to get sacks. You've got to affect the quarterback, stop the run. All those things have to happen. And I do think that our defense uh, – did a really good job this spring. Uh, there's some missing parts that were out due to some injuries that will be back healthy once we hit fall camp, and we've got to build on that. So, Jeff, one last thought. You take over a program that won eight games and the Fenway Bowl last season. The energy and the expectations have only ramped up since then with the sale of 6,000 new season tickets since you were hired. So how would you describe the buzz on campus and around town? Well, I think we got a fa- passionate fan base here. You know, this is a great sports town a tremendous football stadium, an outstanding basketball arena that's as good as anywhere in the country, uh, and no pro pro sports. So I think they want to see a winning team take the field. They want to see a team that plays hard and tough and smart and competes every single day. And I think if you do that, they will come out. And I think, of course, winning will obviously help. But, uh, you know, playing the game the way it's supposed to be with excitement, enthusiasm, with the creative approach of the game, uh, creating um, a team that people want to watch and want to see play and are familiar with uh, some of the names because of some big plays that are able to happen is all important. So we got to do everything uh, to continue to spearhead that. We want even more people out to the games. But, of course, uh, how you play in winning football will matter, and I think you have to get up to a good start. I like it. Louisville has got a brand-new head coach. He's one of their own. He returns home. They open up their season September 1st at Georgia Tech. It's going to be great to see Jeff Brom, my guest. Jeff, I appreciate you. Always good to have you on the show. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you. Have a good day. Have a good day, Jeff Brom. He is <laughs> locked. He's dialed in. He is intense.
And he gets to come back to his Doesn't home. sound at all like me. That does not sound one bit. That was bit. a good interview with Jeff you had there. It does not sound one bit like me. That was Jeff Brom <laughs> on with Jim Rome. A uh, lot of good stuff Sounds just like it. Just, just, I heard just at the end. He's Jeff Brom. He's Jeff Brom. <laughs> He's locked in. He's good to go. It's not how I talk. I think the odds that Jim Rome had no idea who our running backs were until 30 seconds before he read their names to the in the interview. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, mean <laughs> I feel that way about like all these media day. Like, like you know, I get it, too. Like, if I'm at media day and I'm talking to, I don't know, Dave Clawson, and I'm like, like I don't, I, I couldn't tell you right now off the top of my head who any of Wake Forest linebackers. But, like, oh, you know, <laughs> if I looked at it like, and like read some stuff beforehand, like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to look at some notes and figure out what to ask him about that stuff. But it's, it's I mean, Jim Rome covers all sports. So it's I, I get why he might not know. But he was I thought Jeff did a good job once again of reiterating the, the points that we've heard from him pretty much since he got the job back in December, talking about the culture overhaul, talking about what needs to happen before you actually go on the field. If you want to have success, once you get to playing on the field, I thought his comments about Jack Plummer were were a little bit interesting. The, the fact that he said, you know, the, the question was, do you think that Jack Plummer can be another one of those special players for you, one of those difference makers? And he said, yeah. But he also he made it a point to say, we don't want to put too much on his plate, which he says I've been accused of sometimes asking a little bit too much from our quarterbacks over the years. I, I don't want to use the, the dreaded term game manager, but I think when, when Jeff looks at the, the strength of the running backs, the strength of the, at least certainly three of the offensive linemen, the weapons that, that Jack has at his disposal who can make plays after getting the ball on relatively short completions, I do think it's going to be one of those offenses where he wants it to be more well-rounded than maybe it was at times at Purdue, maybe fewer downfield shots, more but, of just a, a scheme-type offense. And I think that that's probably a good thing for everybody. I think we've also kind of established like when he's had – the option to be a more balanced offense, whether it's Purdue or Western Kentucky, he's had a balanced offense. Yes, for sure. I mean, and it's just, I mean, no knock, maybe I'm just, you know, I'm, but didn't, I mean, the running, what was their league running back last year? Didn't he have like 700 or 800 yards? Yeah, last year was they, they last year was their best year running the ball. Since probably he had knocks there. Since which he was, was at West first, Kentucky. Yeah, well, that was with Wales and company, yeah, he, right? Yeah. Last year was the most that they've rushed the ball at Purdue. It was the most they've run in them and the most yards they've produced, the most productive season they've had. Uh, rushing. We, Keith and I were talking about this on Wednesday a little bit, and it, it, I guess you do have to just hope that having Maurice Turner, Jawar Jordan, and now you know Isaac Garendo and some of the other guys that they've added will allow him to get back to that and maintain that that balance. Because I, I do think it's best for for all parties concerned. Yeah, I think so. I Anything think. else stand out to you there in that interview? Um, no, nothing. I mean, it was kind of kind of a you know the, you, no, usual stuff. No, no rule. Shocking news out of Jeff. No, 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 dropping any bombs on us. Kind of, kind of went with the usual routine. I felt like no defamatory, like, incendiary quotes that are going to like have people going nuts. Like some of the something Kenny like uh, I don't pay attention to the transfer portal. Yeah, like, I, I do. Like, I want to do things the right way. I, I, yeah, I, don't, I only want high character kids that I feel are high character, regardless of what else maybe thinks about them or. You know, I'm I'm not down with with, with what's you know how the uh, NCAA is working now, so I'm just going to do it my own way. I know it's not you know, a, no, nothing like that. No, I know it's not a prerequisite to on-field success, but it, it just it makes it so much better when like like Jeff Brom, he's good at this. Like he's yeah, he's been doing it a while now. He's not like shouting, but he's very good. He's he's done it with us a couple of times. He's done it in other local interviews. Every time he's behind a mic, he does a good job at. I think conveying his thoughts, conveying what he's doing in a way that's easy to understand and one that also gets you excited. Like, I, and again, you don't have to be like, Charlie Strong was not great at 
press conferences. He was not great with the media. It didn't matter because he was out there winning, you know, 11, 12 games in back-to-back seasons. Um, we, you know, Rick Pitino was obviously very good with the media. Uh, we've had guys that have not been great with the media that have been good coaches. We've had guys that have not been great with the media that have been not great coaches. It, it just it makes it easier. <laughs> like I, I enjoy having this update. I enjoy being able to get excited. I enjoy having a coach who you know every time he speaks, it's going to be like, ooh, this is going to be something he's going to have some like little – I'm, I'm going to get excited. I'm going to leave here feeling better about things than I did before I started the interview. And that's what I think you get pretty much every time Jeff talks. Yeah, I mean, this guy's been this in his first rodeo. He's been a head coach now for 10 years. I mean, it's you know, unlike Charlie Strong, who, yeah, he was you know in a bigger spotlight with Florida possibly, but was the assistant coach. So didn't probably have to deal with the media as much. At, at, at the, and so you saw that. But now one thing that, that Jeff hasn't done that Charlie does is he didn't talk himself in third person. Yeah, he doesn't. And, I mean, that's obviously a, a plus for any coach, right? Anybody talks about something with their person is awesome. It is great. Jeff Brom's only one man. <laughs> this is not Jeff Brom's program. Jeff can only do program. as much as Jeff can, Jim. <laughs> yeah, we haven't gotten, we have not gotten that yet. Quick update on the uh, the, the college. You mentioned Chris Ludlam, who uh, played at Harvard last year. He picked St. John's today. He committed to St. Tennessee back in May. Re-entered the transfer portal. Now he's going to St. John's. That has apparently led to a domino effect, which has resulted in old friend Quinn Slazinski reportedly ah. leaving the St. John's program. That's Adam Zagoria saying he expects uh, Slazinski to be back in the transfer portal. Or kids already been replaced. I mean, so it sounds like it. May, I mean, they have I think fourteen scholarship players now, even with Slazinski leaving. So somebody else is going to have to go too. But Rick is he's stockpiling talent up there for sure. He is a you know there was the. Athletic story, which I, I talked about on Monday. I, I want to get to, we never got to some of the quotes, but there was this big athletic story about with the transfer portal and the new recruiting windows, like this is a 365 days a year job now for college basketball. You're always recruiting. There's no time off whatsoever. It used to be you had a dead period. You could take vacations in June, and all these coaches are complaining about, like, you know, I don't see my family as much as I used to. I just I feel like I'm always – I have to be on constantly. The one person who I know doesn't care about that right now is Rick Pitino because he feels like he's finally, for the first time since he got fired at Louisville, in a spot where he can compete for a national title. And the man is going like, – he'll be up every hour of every day if, I mean, he, if he thinks it's going to give him an advantage. Like, he has been dying for this opportunity for the last six years, and now he's back in the Big East. He's back at a bigger-name program. He's back at a place where they can land top-tier talent. Like, he will outwork anybody. If you're at all worried about spending time with family, I know Rick loves the family. I know he's got them all up in New York, which helps things. But he is – he is not going to waste any time if he feels like he can do something that's going to make them more of a national title or Big East title contender right off the bat. I mean, you've got Rick Bettino going to a St. John's program that just is just dying for life to be put into it, mm-hmm. that has all the – I mean, you're in New York City, you have a, and now with, with NIL, and you, there's no restrictions. I mean – Patino going to New York with no restrictions now in, rec- in recruiting. There's there's no there's nothing you can do to get you in trouble. It's it's like that was. I mean, Patino already was like Bonds in the '90s. Now he's like Bonds steroided up and hitting 72 home runs. <laughs> like he was he was he was he was, he was Mark McGuire's rookie hitting 49, clean and sober. It's like scary dude. Now we just stuff him with steroids. He's hitting 68 home runs. I mean, that's what that's what I, you, know how I feel about this. That's what we're okay. getting now with Patino going to St. John's with no restrictions on recruiting in New York City. Would that make, this is not a good. This is not good for the rest of us. Would that make Kentucky Patino like Pirates Bonds? <laughs> Still very good. Still MVP caliber. Oh yeah, yeah. 
So I mean, it was it's well, he's more. I think that was more like uh, that was more like McGuire rookie, you know, before before he started hanging out with Conseco in the locker room a little more. Okay, like his rookie Bash brothers, McGuire. His rookie McGuire was like still he was he was still I think he was clean sober, you know, a young kid out of, fresh out of the Olymp nineteen eighty four Olympics, hitting forty nine home runs. You know, having a chance to hit fifty, but but missing the last two games to see his kid being born thing. But then you know, a couple years later, juices the juices are flowing. Who cares what what kid kid miss you missed junior's graduation? Who cares now? Because I got sixty two home runs to hit. They're gonna be good this year. It's gonna drive me crazy. It's, <laughs> Actually, they, Cal would be Cal Kentucky would be more like Sosa in that race. I think Sosa always annoyed me in that race for some reason. A lot of what Sosa did annoyed me, even <laughs> even before the steroid stuff. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the cork bat, kind of like the Kentucky finding the facts. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Bledsoe taking algebra three before algebra two somehow. Who's Ralph? It was just for practice. Who's Palmero in this scenario? Is that LSU in some way? Will Wade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, who's like? The, no, I tell you exactly. Who Raphael, no, LSU is Brady Anderson. I'll tell you exactly. Who Rafael Pomero is in, in this hypothetical. It's Mark Godfrey at NC State. People are like, he's cheating. We know he's cheating. He's just not. We don't care about him. That's no. Maybe that's more Brady Anderson. Then. Get him somewhere. He's out there at Cal State Northridge. He's like, I have not ever taken steroids. Like well, we don't care now. You're done. And he gets fired anyway because he gets caught. That's the, we can keep playing this if we want. <laughs> there were so many that just were all juiced up. In Who's a big one hit wonder? Lorenzo, uh, no, no, Johnny Jones is Brady Anderson. No, <laughs> <laughs> Brady was the biggest like obvious one hit wonder of that he era. Hit more than nineteen home runs. He hit like fifty two, fifty one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he hit more that season than the rest of his career combined. It was unbelievable. He's the, the biggest project. There had to be somebody era. else out there. I'm forgetting, but he's always the one that stuck out to me the most. Oh yeah. It was just like this is a guy utility outfielder who's hit like two eighty with like he's like twelve home runs and he comes in next year and it's like three twelve and fifty one home runs like uh he's there's no way he's not cheating in somewhere some fashion or another. Have you played have you have you played the Immaculate Grid game anymore since we talked about it? Which one's uh It's the baseball game, they have a do game every day. Oh no, I don't think I ever played you never really brought that up. I think you oh. or you may did, but I never you never told me how to do it. So I've been playing it uh, I'm not, I've actually been bad at my Wordle. I haven't played Wordle for like a week. I'm not as good as it as I want to be. Like I've got friends that are way better because I. It's all about you. Have, it's like the little square, and you, you half of the game, at least half of the game, more than half the game, is picking players who played on the two teams that are involved. Like so, I I, I suck at are remembering. They, are they current teams or like just maybe like history? No, it's any team. team but okay. like, but you, any player in history can fit the game. And like I've used Brady Anderson for so many t- like times because like <laughs> the last row will be like you know all star or you know it'll be a certain time like like had over a hundred RBI and like people forget Brady Anderson a lot and the object is to get the you want to have the 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 correct answers that have the fewest other guesses like that like, you want if one percent of people get your answer correct that's really good you want the lowest possible score but I'm not that I'm not great at it and kind of drives me crazy okay. I, was better. I need to know the day Brady Anderson actually becomes uh, the answer. Yeah, I mean he's he's one of the answers. He's been he's worked several times. I will right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll turn <laughs> things 15 over. Fifteen years, he had two hundred ten yeah. home runs. He had fifty in one year. It's an unreal. We'll turn things over to you guys on the Thornton Sacks line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. If you've got thoughts, let them fly. Whether it's Jeff Brom related or anything else, hit us up. It's Weird Wednesday. Let's get weird. Mike Rutherford show continues next here on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X.
is potent and secretly stern As they speed through the finish, the flags go down The fans get up and they get out of town The arena is empty except for one man Still driving and striving as fast as he can The sun has gone down and the moon has come up And long ago somebody left with the cup But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns And thinking of someone for whom he still burns He's going the distance Number two, Wednesday edition, the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Reminder, later this hour, we're going to be giving away two tickets to the Racing Louisville game this weekend, which will also feature the post-game watch party of the U.S. Women's National Team World Cup opener featuring Racing Louisville's own Savannah DeMellis. Keep it locked right here to find out how you can win those tickets. We have uh, we, we talked Jeff Brom on the Jim Rome Show. We talked some nonsense. We got caught up after missing yesterday's show. Now we want to hand things over to you guys for a little bit on the Thornton's text line at 502 502- 414-1450. Whatever's on your mind, topics, questions, comments, concerns, advice weird observations, needed. advice, asking Trevor for some reason again for advice with women, it's all available to you on the Thor Sex I guarantee line. you anyone who's asked me for relationship advice is doing well right now. <laughs> I guarantee it. Uh, we need to, I think do happened. as I say, not as I do, people. It's the, parent, the best parenting advice I can give you. It's happened twice in the last few weeks. We need to, to catch up with, with the guy who was like trying to start a conversation with the girl at his uh, his apartment complex pool. We need to figure out what was. Uh, no, what, yeah, that, that was a tricky one. That's that, you got to walk out a little tight tight wire. My advice one. was find a common enemy, find somebody that you can like make fun of, make a joke about. Like, somebody find <laughs> somebody wearing an outrageous swimsuit and be like, I almost wore that same suit today. Push Boom. him, in, push him in the pool. Like, well, ah. no, that's 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 too far. <laughs> that's 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 that could be a turn off. <laughs> that could be a red flag. And just like hold no, them under, hold their head underwater. <laughs> Shall let him up. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you determine whether he lives or dies. Let's go to just fart on their head. <laughs> That's what you get. Ah, just run away. <laughs> uh, we've also got uh, before we go to the text line. The, the the bad news. Everybody made the same joke yesterday when I was out that this was the reason why I I, I couldn't come on the show. But Earl Clark is no longer going to be able, able to play for the the Ville TBT team. Oh, I didn't see that. No. He announced yesterday. So I I was kind of interested. By this whole thing, because last year, remember, la- I think it was either last year or two years ago, when Keith Otto was trying to create a a TBT team, and they were <laughs> they did the slow roll out of all the players on the team, and they were you know fundraising and all this stuff, and then it came out like after they announced the roster, they're like, oh, we we're not allowed to play in the, <laughs> the TBT. They they told us we're not approved to play, but he had said what what I had heard from somebody who was helping with that process was Earl because he plays in that big three league, which is he was on CBS this past weekend. Hey, I saw. I, I can't watch the big three. I watched a little bit just because he was playing, and there was it's like, wa- it's like watching it's like not great. it's like watching like mid two thousand stars like trying to grasp for glory. It makes you a little sad. It does. Like sure. seeing Rashad Lewis is like this guy was once like the best player in but the playoffs. Anyways, I had heard that Earl's contract with the big three kept him from from having a chance to play on the TBT team. So when they announced him a couple of weeks ago, I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad they got that figured out. But he is still playing in the big three, so I'm not sure how this is going to work out. And then sure enough, it comes up uh, yesterday that because of some contractual flags, uh, he, he's not going to be allowed to play for the TBT team. TBT team, they kick things off a week from tomorrow against the Auburn team. So the the record attendance for a TBT game was at Wichita State a couple of years ago. And it was, I believe, 7,691. 
not bad little crowd for, for a game like that. Yeah. Do you think that we will top it on Thursday at Freedom Hall? Or on I guess if we win, we'll play on Saturday. Um, Who do we play on Thursday? Auburn, you said? Auburn players, yeah. Auburn. War Eagle. <laughs> War Eagle. Um, is Barkley going to be there? <laughs> Barkley's not on the team. Wes, the Person Brothers going to be there? I don't think so. Yeah, Chuck probably can't travel across state lines, you know, federal federal charges and all. Um, I, I don't think Thursday, no. I think maybe Saturday, though, could give it a shot. But I don't. Th- I couldn't see a Thursday night game pulling over pulling over at 7,000, 7, maybe, give or take. The War Eagle does have some – they got some players. They, they've got uh, Bryce Brown from the Final Four team from That's a few years ago. That's not making anybody decide to come out. That, yeah, No, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying in general for the, the game. It's a little bit dangerous if we're trying to just say oh, okay. we want Louisville to advance to Saturday and have at least a couple of games. Mustafa Heron, who, who was a absolute bucket getter at both Auburn and St. John's. Um, Danielle Purifoy, who was scored a bunch of points. A lot yeah, of guys from – they're younger than we are. Like They've got a lot of guys from their recent teams that were really good – under uh, Bruce Pearl, we've got, I mean, most of our guys played for Louisville 10 years or, or ago or longer. So, nah, give or take, but right on 10 years, most of them, because they didn't. Siva, you know, yeah, yeah, Russ, I mean, Couric. Uh, I guess the, the youngest guy on the team is probably Shinano Onowaku, who left here in 2015. So, yeah, he left as a sophomore too, right? Mm-hmm. So he's still pretty young. So we get yeah, we, we don't have we don't we don't have a lot of guys that are, you know, 24, 25. I don't think we have any guys that are 24, 25. No, but but we have experience. Hopefully it wins <laughs> out. Hopefully the experience wins out. But uh yeah, we, we will have um that game week from tomorrow. Hopefully they can win. Maybe they can set a new attendance record in the process if they play uh Freedom Hall. I don't know. I mean, it's it should be I'm excited to watch them play, but I'm just a little bit worried that we're going to have all this enthusiasm, all this excitement, and then we're going to lose like the first game. Now, it's not one and done, though, right? Yes, it's one and done. Oh, it is? It's oh. a single elimination tournament. Okay, I was thinking it was like a, like a round-robin type thing. No. Okay. It's, which makes so it, I will pay attention to this. But. It makes it a little bit risky when you have host sites, which you know, we're the host site here. I'm sure that, that the, the TBT people want us to win because they want the best crowds possible. The uh, betonline.ag. I mean, I think we'll do a decent crowd. I just don't know for a Thursday night. I just can't imagine getting over 7,000 people on a Thursday night for, for a TBT game. BetOnline.ag came out with a, they have odds to win the, the TBT. We are only the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We're the 10th choice. We're 18 to 1 to win this thing. The Aftershocks are the favorite. I don't even, I think that's actually the Wichita State team that I believe won last year. Bayheim's that Army. early? I don't know. Clee Anthony. Okay, Bayam's Army is uh, is tied for the second choice. That's a team of, of Syracuse players. The Mass Street, I don't know, I'm assuming that's UMass. Um, that would make sense, yeah, I guess. The program for autism, which I don't think is a college team. Mass Street is also where Camby met his hooker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. anyway, we're 18 to 1. Hey, Louisville's the first to do anything like that, right? 502 414 Let's take some text here. <laughs> Texture says Mike is back. The cards are back. The Reds are not back. I'm back. The Reds are not back. No, the Reds are not. India's well, but, at, but that was I mean India's out of the lineup. We're gonna win tonight. I mean, let's be a fair. I mean, you 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 were aware of the, the tough schedule ahead. You had Milwaukee and, and San Francisco, both two really good teams. I was nervous about it. I didn't think we would lose six in a row. I also didn't think that we would get shut out three three games in a row. Like the bats uh-huh. just stopped. Just completely stopped, and then they picked up last night, and the the arms let them down. But tonight they still have Ellie leading off, which I don't do not like. 
TJ, I don't like batting second. McClain needs to stay in the three-hole. I'm good with that. I'm good with Fraley batting fourth. Steer should never come out of the lineup. I know he's slumping. He needs to play. He's batting fifth. Votto at six, I'm good with. They're back to starting in Canacion Strand, who was two for two last night. Yeah, Stevenson is is eighth, and then Benson nine. This is a good lineup for tonight. And then Graham Ashcraft has been very good his last three starts. The, the most disappointing thing about like the current stretch that the Reds are on is this is probably the best starting pitching they've gotten the entire year, and they just can't hit. Williamson's pitched well. Uh, Ashcraft has pitched well. Abbott was was good enough uh, against the Brewers. I think he gave up three runs. I mean, Abbott's been good all, all season. Though. He has The last two starts he's gotten hit. A little, but, again, it's been against the Brewers. So what are you going to do? Um, I mean, they've had good starting pitching. They just, you know, they, they lost three games, you know, two games in a row, one to nothing, and then one game three to nothing. It's just and some got Hunter Green back yet either. Yeah, Hunter Green. It sounds like he won't be ready until August. No, it sucks. sounds like now Nick Lodolo won't be ready until September, which really sucks. Hunter Green would hurt my fantasy team. Yeah, he was. He's back. He's throwing off a mound now. He's in the third stage of his his rehab, but he's. I mean, still, I need him throwing on the mound, not off it. No, he's throwing on the mound. Okay, well, I need him throwing to other hitters. Well, he's not doing that. Yet. <laughs> That's what I need. He's next month. He'll be back. But Lodolo not coming back till September is, sucks. Texas says Trevor with the gout flare up. Uh, I don't think it's gout. I don't think it's a gout flare up. We had back to back texts from people saying that you have gout. I have had. Yeah, I've had, I've had issues with gout. But you, but this isn't a gout. I don't think this is it. No, this is just, uh, it could be. But usually though, they usually go no because the gout usually well, hopefully hope it's not because they usually last a day or two. This is uh, it's not hurting as bad right now. Texas, Mike, I feel you with the Giants. You all play them more frequently, but as a Tigers fan, that 2012 sweep was heartbreaking. They always just seem to play their best when they need to. It must be nice. Don't talk to me about 2012 series against the Giants. Don't talk to me about the Tigers. Don't talk to me about the 2012 Giants. We've got a no-hitter with two guys. Giants are just (laughs) – I know one diehard Giants fan. You'll never guess who it is. (laughs) Former U of L football player. (laughs) <laughs> I was about to say Luke Whitehead. <laughs> no. Uh, football players, big, I don't know who's that. Art Carmody is a diehard Giants Is he from Louisiana? He is. He loves the Giants. I mean, I guess who would be, if you lived in Louisiana, I guess you wouldn't, who would you? Who would be your team? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, not Major League, though. I don't think he has one. That's yeah. why he's cheering for the Giants. He I guess maybe be a Houston fan, possibly. He loves the Giants. He, he's been at the games there. Loves going to Candlestick. Old, new, whatever it's called now. The Giants, like, the, in the last, like, 13 years, they kind of, like, closest thing like, the Patriots, I guess, in baseball. They're annoying because they, they, they always have rosters that don't seem to be well, so, star-laden, but they just win with solid defense, pitching, and timely hitting. I mean, they just, but they went, like, what, 40 years without ever getting over the hump, and then suddenly, like, in, like, 2009 or 10, they just... And they went up with like three World Series in like six years or something. Yeah, every time they made the playoffs, they won the World Series. Yeah, it was just it's just insane how they just they went from like this team that just like I, I mean I don't know I just always remember them as seeing you know Keith Mitchell catching the ball barehanded and then the the you know the earthquake series and stuff and Will the Thrill Clark and then you know but never being able like the, a bridesmaid never a bride and then suddenly they're just like the team they can't be stopped in the playoffs. The Patriots comparison is a good one because they're the team that if you make like a silly mistake. You just know they're going to capitalize on it, and that's what the Reds. They do stuff like Scott Rowland never made errors for us. He makes a huge error in that game three. They take advantage. They score, go to extras. They win the game. Like Hannigan never misses a hit and run. He misses a hit and run last night. Like Ellie De La Cruz picked off second. You know it's over at that point. Uh, they botch a double play. You know it's over at that point. We just we, we do stupid stuff against the Giants, and they never let you get away with it. Just like the Patriots. If you you know if you if you miss like a chip shot field goal. 
against the Patriots when you're up by six. That would have taken it to a two-possession game. You're like, well, we're going to lose by one now. I know that they're going to score. It's just it's the same exact thing. Texas says, do you feel like the TBT team needs some younger blood? This is actually before we started talking about it. Not sure their current contract status, but thinking guys like Dwayne Sutton, Ryan McMahon, Malik Williams, Stephen Enoch, I feel like that would be a good mix with Siva, Russ, etc. Those guys are playing overseas probably, I would assume. I don't think so. I mean, everybody's on break now. I mean, okay, I don't know what the schedule's over there. Ryan, I know, played for the Dayton TBT team a couple of years ago before Louisville had a team. Um, he's in town. I know he's been working out. I don't know. Malik Williams, I'm not sure what his status is. I'm not sure he would – Stephen Enoch would be a good one. He's been like MVP of every professional league he's played in since graduating. I believe that he's been. Yeah, he. he, I mean, he was a guy that you knew always had a ton of skill when he was here. He just didn't really fit in with the system all that well. I mean, I would thought with his skill set, I thought he at least get a shot in the NBA. But you know, I guess he does. I guess underestimated his lack of lateral ability athletically. That was yeah. I think that was probably the issue. But he could shoot it well enough. He was a. I mean, that he seems like a good half court guy. <laughs> yeah, the, the UK game in 2019 when we took them to overtime and all, pretty much had them beaten overtime and then lost. There was a stretch down there at the end of the regular, at the end of regulation, where we just fed him. Like that was our whole offense was like post him up, let him go to work, and he just hit hook shot after hook shot after hook shot. They couldn't guard him. He was he was a really talented kid, and yeah, he's dominating um, overseas for sure. Mm-hmm. Texas, I'm really bummed out Earl Clark. Me too. Texture says Me three. <laughs> somebody sent in a bunch of these these cat turd screenshots <laughs> from people who are still responding. never seen I didn't even I didn't even look up the Twitter account after you brought it I, up. And again, like this is not a, 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 a political thing to me. It's the fact that people are responding earnestly and using this person's name cat turd as if it's just totally normal. This guy, this 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 uh, the screenshot. We are rocking with you, cat turd. You are a national treasure, a true dream. Don't 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 stop. You inspire me to keep going, brother. Hardly a day goes by when I, when, I, when I say, look at what Cat Turd says to my partner. <laughs> you are a light to my day and so many others. Lee says, oh, Cat Turd, you have a gift. The gift. <laughs> the, the, under his, his description is the turd you can't flush. Viking Princess, <laughs> Cat Turd, you are the reason I came back on Twitter. We've got you now. You've always had us. Thank you for your tireless efforts. I mean, it's just, it, I'm sorry, it's funny. Viking Princess. <laughs> Texas Mike, how the hell do people think you sound like Jim Rome? I don't know. You don't sound. I don't, I, honestly, I don't hear it as much as I think your voice has changed with the long COVID. You think so? Because when you when I first met you, like I, it was stuck out to me really bad. People also say it. I sound like a, a lot of times when I'm doing sort of like a like a monologue thing. If, if I'm really upset about a basketball game and you kind of let me talk for 15 minutes. I guess I have that. I, I do the cadence more when I'm just talking myself than I do if like you and I are conversating. The pausing. Yeah, you know, because now I just I, I can't stop talking because if I hesitate for a second, you're going to jump in with something. Some, I am not some non sequitur. So yeah, I think that's what it was. But when I first started doing radio, like I thought it was a joke. Somebody stopped by our old studio, the ESPN Louisville one. I like opened the door and yelled in and was like, Mike Rutherford sounds like Jim Rome. And I was like, <laughs> so it's just some random person. In the middle of the show? Yeah, in the middle of like, we had, we were, 93 9 was in the back. So like, I, I heard it, but like, he was like yelling in the, the front studio is the, is the 680 one. And then like that night, a bunch of people texted in. They're like, you, you sound like Jim Rome. Have you ever been told this? I'm like, well, now, yeah. And it's just, it's always kind of kept happening. What celebrity do I sound like? Uh, Gollum. <laughs> <laughs> Mark shot. <laughs> Do you have a clip of sloth from Greece? 
so we can compare. Slop, love, chunk. <laughs> You're going to live with me now. It's, I, would, I, I really want to know what happened with that, by the way. That should have been like, a follow-up. Like, this should, I want to know, if, like, where are they now, Goonies? Like, like did Slop and Chunk stay like, together? His parents are like, you promised him what? I mean, their kid's missing, and they show up with all the other parents, and they're the only ones that bring a Domino's pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Do we know what happened with the, uh, I mean, did Sean Austin, did did him and the, uh, did he ever get a girlfriend? Did his brother, you know, hook up with uh, the one girl? Oh, yeah. I that, mean, that definitely happened. She, she time to drop out of high school because she got pregnant. And then, you know. uh, Goonies too is just horribly uh, depressed. Also, what, did, is it me or did anyone ever stop the damn ship from floating away? I mean, this, they, they have to use the jewels in the marble bag to save themselves from be turning into a golf course. There's a giant ship floating there. We're gonna do anything about potential kid murder? <laughs> yeah. I like how the cops just go like, "All right, slot, just go ahead. Yeah, yeah live yeah. with him." Your crimes have been forgiven. <laughs> yeah, just, don't ask, don't tell, I guess. <laughs> Nothing weird about this. Texter says, while we're talking football, I saw Jody Demling tweet over the weekend about how after TJ Capers reclassification, that Louisville's 2023 roster is 48% newcomers. That is the number one thing that has me worried about this year's high expectations. We're not alone in that. I mean, it seems insanely high, but when you look at the the turnover, I mean, I, I know we're among the highest when it comes to transfer portal uh, class numbers, but like there are several other major programs that are in similar boats where their rosters are 35, 40% just new players. It, I mean, I think you have to trust the coaching staff and their ability to – they took a lot of transfers at Purdue. He inherited a lot of new players in his first year there. Get everybody on the same page. Make them a, a cohesive unit. Make them gel. I think it helps a lot, too, that you had so many of the, the both the transfers and the incoming freshmen who were here in January who went through spring practice together. But, yeah, like, I, I think that that's absolutely a concern. What if these guys just don't play well together? It's, you don't have, you've got a decent amount of returning production from last year, but at some of the most important positions, you were gutted from last season. Linebacker. Secondary is all newcomers. You've got a brand new quarterback. Uh, receivers are, are are largely new. Tight end, you're still kind of trying to, to find maybe a last second addition. It, it, it's definitely something to at least talk about. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's the reason I have some concern. I just and while I don't think the rest of the country, a majority of the country, is maybe at our at our percentage of newcomers. If it is 48, which it doesn't shock me really, to be honest with you, I'd be curious to see what like. Like what percentage of Division One football programs have more than thirty five percent turnover this year? Would you say maybe at least thirty five percent have at least thirty five percent turnover? Yeah, I, I feel uneducated to answer that question, but my like just again, just if you were to guess off from afar, I would say that that's probably in the ballpark. I mean, that's a decent amount of. I mean, it's like this one, but to your point, is that you're, we're not the only one. You're getting it a lot. And, in, in, I mean, the, the rare exceptions are pretty much probably, like, maybe your top ten teams. But even some of those, like, you know, your Washingtons are still probably have a large turnover because most of the, that team was built off transfers anyway last year. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. Good question. I, I mean, and the fact that, that some do, particularly the quarterback position, is, you know, a familiar with this offense. And they've had time with practicing. So, I, I, I'd like to think that, that it shouldn't be an issue. But it if it is, I'm, we'll see it directly in week one, probably. Yeah, I think you're right. And if we don't see it in week one, I think we should be kind of maybe unlike the cat turd, we can flush that. 
Texas, how many heaters was Trev sucking down during that Jeff Brom interview? None, none. But the foot wasn't bothering me. I might have snuck out to it, but I wanted to listen to what he said anyway. You got an extra one in before the show. I did. I did. Texas, Jawar under Brom at UofL is going to be what Ace Wells was for Brom at WKU. He had like 1,300 yards, didn't he? I think Jawar, I mean, they are, the way that Jeff talks about Jawar, you can tell he thinks he's got something. I mean, and look, Jawar had an unreal second half of last season, and he apparently was the the offensive standout in spring practice. They're using him to represent the team at media day next week. He's the, I think the, well, he and Brian Hudson are the offensive players going. Ashton Gelade, who Jeff said was the standout on defense, is the defensive player going. I can see Jawar having a monster season. What I mean, my only question with him is, I mean, he's not the biggest guy in the world. He runs so hard. He takes a lot of punishment for somebody his size. And we've seen him have a lot of success at the end of seasons because he wasn't the main guy to start the year. If you want him to be, like, like can he be the player that we saw in the last five games of last season for a full 13 this year? I mean, can his body take that? You're, I mean, you're, it's not like he's going to be getting 30 carries a game or anything. You're, you've got Maurice Turner there. You've got Isaac Grenda yeah. there. You've got a couple of other guys there. But if he's going to be the lead back and you want him to be a guy who's around 100 yards a game every game, like, will his body hold up? I think that's my only question with him. I think, But I, I, I think he will. I think he's going to have a big time year. We like to think also if he's going to have average 100 yards a game, he's going to get some big chunk plays in there as well. He's, I mean, he's a big play threat yeah. for sure. He, I mean, he's got he the averaged speed. 5.7 last year as a carry. I mean, it's pretty good. He's definitely – he's got that Javion Hawkins ability to be a guy who has, you know, five carries for 73 yards. Uh, he, he's going to – he'll bust a few big ones this season for sure. Texas says, did Trevor watch the 93 Liberty Bowl? Okay, so we did – I knew somebody was going to bring this up. So last week we were talking about – I was at that game. We were talking about doing the rewatch series again. Some, somebody brought it up. They're like, I liked when you guys did last year, you know, the, the summer rewatch. We all have an assignment. We all talk about it. And I initially had said that we were going to do we, – it was going to be for today's show, and we were going to do the 93 Liberty Bowl because it's a Jeff Brom game. It's on YouTube. We can make that happen. I think we have to delay that because we haven't talked about it at all. Yeah, I, you, I didn't know about sick. this, yeah. So how about we can do – I mean, can you do it by Friday? What, watch the 93 Liberty Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's more of a problem for you than me. I can get it done. I mean, you're st- I'm still waiting. You watch the last 20 minutes of murders in the building. Probably not going to happen. Took me took you took you like six months to watch Ted Lasso. It. I mean, well, once we got going, it took, <laughs> it took us like a month. I can watch. The, I mean, I watched both games last year, which is more I can say for you. I can't. <laughs> well, we only did two games. I know, and you didn't even do the second one, which is why we had to stop. I was like, well, I can't. Well, first of all, we didn't have to. You, you were trying to watch the game while we were doing the radio you show. <laughs> You're like, oh, I want to throw. I'm like, you can't do it while we're talking about the game. <laughs> you didn't have to. Like, you didn't have to like, call, pull the plug on it that quick. It there, was just man. me talking to myself the second time we did. Well, it. I said, well, you think I did every summer radio show with us? <laughs> and then you trying to watch the game while I was talking to myself. Yeah, you kept interrupting me. You're like, oh, I didn't know they scored in the second quarter. I'm like, we're, like, we're, no, you can't do this. This isn't the way it's going to work. I don't know if I've watched this game. I mean, I, I mean, I like I, said, I went to it when I was a kid. I was a kid when I went to it down in Memphis, but I just don't remember if I've. I don't remember much about it. I say I don't either. I can't remember. I don't know how I mean, I think I may have watched it since, but maybe not. I mean. I vividly remember watching it in my parents' like living room, my, my parents' old living room. And I, I remember like, getting so excited and wearing, like, like the, I think I had, like, a little UofL jersey. Um, but I don't remember like, any of the details outside of just Jeff having the injured finger and, and the heroics and him being named MVP and the fact that it was so cold. That's all I remember. I'm excited to watch it. Dice bowl. I remember being, I just remember, that's the one thing I remember most is being just very obnoxiously cold. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's, I think, I think the one against 
BYU might, I mean, uh, Colorado State might have been worse, though. I'm Maybe sure it's just because I was older and I just remember it better. I'm sure there are other people listening who, who went to all those games that can weigh in, those Liberty Bowls, because the Boise State one is the one that everybody says was warm. The 04. Oh, game. yeah, yeah, that one was fine, yeah. But the So was the BYU one. The BYU, but this one and the Colorado State one. That was the Colorado bad. State was the worst one. Yeah, that was that one was miserable. Like, and I went. I was there with like two UK fans too that just were going just because they were like, "Hey, we're going to Memphis. Let's have a good time." Why, why would you subject yourself to that? I, I have very my friends list is limited. <laughs> <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers. At least your Vegas friends. <laughs> two of them, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that long I've known them. And then one of and one of them, the the moron that he is, like we went to the game. He didn't even like he, me and me and one guy, Paco. We're like just we're, we're in like seven layers of clothing. And uh, our our great listener say was with us at the time. He was he he's in there. He's like wearing just like just like one pair of pants. Didn't even bring gloves. <laughs> oh, I'm like, dude, what are you doing, man? He's he's, he's like, why don't it be this cold? It's like 12 degrees outside. It's been like that the whole time. So like second quarter, he's like, "Let's go! I want to go." I'm like, "No, I want to watch." The- yeah, you by third quarter, I was kind of ready to go though because we were playing like crap, and Cecil Sap was just running all over us. And I went and bought my nachos, and they were cold. I couldn't even eat them in time. I love that these are the things that you remember. <laughs> by the way, no matter how much bourbon you drink, it does not warm you up in an ice bowl. No, it's fallacy. <laughs> yeah, it's, that is that is such. I learned that lie at a very young age. Texas says, oh, we're already getting this question. Who wins more games this season, KP or Coach Brom? I mean, last year Sat won more games. What do you think? Yeah, la- and last year, like, we mocked the Sat question. Sat doubled him. Sat, yes. Yeah, he, 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 he doubled well, him. No, he didn't get credit for the last game. Well, so he still doubled him, though. Didn't he win eight? He, no, because the ball oh, game seven, was eight. Oh, was he right, went, right, right. Went, he won seven. Let's, let, <laughs> come on. It was seven to four. <laughs> get seven. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll answer honestly. I think Kenny Payne wins more games. How could I be so stupid to think we win more games than another basketball university? We can't even win more games than our football team coached by a guy I don't like. Uh, that question went from like a joke to serious very quickly. Last okay. season. I was like, I was like, okay, because like somebody asked after our first like after we lost to Bellarmine, I'm like, I mean, the basketball team's gonna win more. And after we were zero and nine, I'm like, I I don't know anymore. I was legitimately and had every reason to be worried since I lost the bet. Well, we ended up yeah, fo- football won. Did you see Jeff Brom hanging out with Jack Harlow at the Beyonce concert? No. Why was he hanging out Beyonce? They were, uh, it, well, Beyonce was performing. Where was Jay-Z? I don't think he was in Louisville. They're still married, right? They are. Okay. Going strong. But yeah, Harlow and, and uh, Brom were in the box together. The, the two Louisville powerhouses taking a picture together. He said his daughter was, uh, he's like, I think my daughter might like him more than she likes me. Probably, actually. Well. Need to be the bear of bad news to you, Jeff. <laughs> it was a power photo. Power. I mean, Harlow. I, I could have used him looking a little bit happier. I mean, it's Jeff Brom for God's sake. Get your, get a smile going. But uh, but but Jeff was very happy to be there with Jeff. Hardly even old enough to remember. Great. I mean, Brian playing at U of L. He remembers Brian. He remember he name dropped Brian during college game this past year. Think, how, well, yeah, but how? Well, I guess how how old is Harlow? He's like twenty four. I mean, yeah, because he'd been pretty young though. Even when he's Brian young, was there, but I feel like that was when kids were like getting into because U of L football is so good. Everybody was into it then. I guess yeah. I think when I. I think kids his age, like Brian Brom, was kind of there. What like Jeff was DeJuan, to me, J- Jeff for us, like Dewan Wheat for us, kind yeah, of a little bit. Like they, like Brian Brom sticks out to them. I did like he, so he dropped that. It, it was he was like, they're like who's TC because they were, he was picking the TCU game. 
And he said, who's TCU's quarterback again? Like, Jack Carl, if you watched, he didn't know anything about it. I vaguely yeah. remember the And they were like, it's, the, yeah. it's Max Dukin. He was like, oh, yeah, he reminds me of a young Brian Brom. And all these people were like, wait, does, does Harlow actually know ball? Like, is he like a college football savant? And then I was like, nope. he's just from Louisville. <laughs> he's just name dropping. <laughs> I mean, luckily he wasn't that far off with that comparison maybe, but. Yeah, but you know, that's why he could, it could have been really bad. Like, <laughs> People loved it. People were like, "Oh, like, he actually knows his stuff." I'm like, "No, oh, he's just he, he know he knows Brian Brom's name." All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we get more texts from you guys on the Thornton text line, and we'll give away these tickets to the racing Louisville game. Keep it locked right here for your chance to win. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Yeah! My favorite albums. I'll, I'll, I can just, how many how many albums do you think is off the top of your head that you and I say album people sound old but just saying albums don't die. Uh, that is one of those like start at track one, never hit skip. Like off the top of your head, how many think you they're out there for you? Not many. I mean, I'm not many. Greatest hits don't count, by the way. I'm not a big album guy. I mean, because you're a CD. I feel like I like individuals. Yeah, like I grew up in like the downloading area where I would just like find a lot of songs that I liked. From I mean, I, we we like, set singles back in the day. Yeah, I was not. I just never. I mean, I there's probably only like three albums that I can think of that I've played like on repeat constantly, which is like listen to all the songs. I, think, I mean, probably any Sublime album I'll do it. Superfly by Curtis Mayfield. I will. Um, Wish you were here and Pink Floyd the Wall. Both of their albums. I, I, I probably could hit play on and never hit skip. Let's not wait through. Appetite for Destruction, Guns N' Roses. Another one that comes to mind. There you go. There's, 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 those just top top of my head, but there's probably a few, maybe one or two more. The Frozen soundtrack. <laughs> for me now, I'm skipping Reindeers Are Better Than People. Oh, I don't know about that. It comes out right I'm after Let It Be. I'm skipping. Let it, let it go. Let it be. <laughs> or Let It Be. Either Eagles one. meets Frozen. Hey, Racing Louisville's looking to keep its perfect NWSL Challenge Cup record intact on Friday when they host the Chicago Red Stars. It's a 7 p.m. kickoff at Lynn Family Stadium, but stick around after the game to watch Racing Louisville midfielder Savannah DeMello and the U.S. Women's National Team open up their World Cup group stage play against Vietnam. That's going to be a 9 p.m. kickoff. The World Cup game is going to air on the stadium big board, or fans can visit the Fifth Third Club for continued drink sales. Plus, get a free Racing and U.S. Women's National Team koozie with the purchase of a Bud Light while supplies last. If you don't win the free tickets today, you can uh, you can purchase tickets by calling 502 Lou City or by visiting Lou hold on. <laughs> the the seagig.com and then search Challenge Cup and you'll be able to find tickets there. So here's what we're gonna do. By the way, is it me or Chicago Reds? This is like a communist team. It's not. Like the Red Star. The Here comes the person, Red Star Army. The first person to correctly text in the answer to this question at 502-414-1450 is gonna win the tickets. So we mentioned, we're talking Jawar Jordan, strong finish to his season last year. We did. He was the offensive MVP 
of the Fenway Bowl win over Cincinnati, who was the defensive MVP? First person to correctly text bum, in the bum, answer bum. to that question at 502-414-1450. You're going to win tickets to Racing Louisville and the U.S. Women's National Team showing on Friday night. Yasir Abdullah is not correct. I'm giving people... I didn't tell people saying Yasir Abdullah or Yasir. <laughs> it's like Everybody, he had, he had the big space between the A and the S. It's like he was saying Yasser. All right, we got a winner. Boom. Monty Montgomery is the correct answer. Although I think it probably should have been. Man, everybody guessed Yasir besides one person. Props to you, one person. We got you. You're the winner. Let me know now. Take down that nasty Red Star Army. I will get your email uh, during the break, and we will hook you up with those tickets. There you go. Boom. Done. Um, I remember that being some controversy. I remember the, uh, people feeling like it should have been somebody else. Uh, maybe that was the offensive MVP. People thought it should have been Maurice Turner. I don't remember. I'm just happy we won the game. Oh, no, he kicked his ass and we kept the keg. Yes, that's all I cared about. Uh, the same texture said earlier. I would give him the MVP to Dion Branch. What are your fantasy golf picks for this week? Is British Open starts tomorrow, Trev? Right, we met, didn't we just have – oh, that was, that was tennis with Wimbledon. We need your British Open thoughts. Greg Norman. Look out for the shark, baby. Don't think he's playing. Yeah, well, why? Because he's like 75 <laughs> years old. He's, he's like the, the spokesperson for Liv. Well, if he's good for Liv. He's good for the British Open, right? Well, if he could qualify, yeah, but he's, he's not, not playing. Qualifying, yeah. He's not playing. Um, I don't know. Who, 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 who's the favorite in this, this, this tournament? Uh, I couldn't tell you the betting. I mean, like Rory won the Scottish Open last week, so he's coming in on a high. Okay. Scheffler and Rom have been the two best players. In the I don't like Scheffler. Sounds like sounds I think like, Scheffler might win. Sounds like Carl Scheffler. I don't like him. Here's my here's my bold pick. I don't like this any more than than you like it. Listening, I think a live golfer is going to win. I think it's going to be Bryson DeChambeau. Okay. Get take the odds. He's got great odds. It's a long shot pick, relatively speaking, this week. I think Bryson's going to win. I think Dustin Johnson, another lift player, is going to be right there in contention. I think Scotty will be right there behind him. I think. I'm fading Tommy Fleetwood. I don't think he's going to play well. I don't think I like Cam- his name though. Yeah, I don't think Cam Smith is going to defend. I don't think he's going to be there. Everyone now is on the Ricky train because he won a few weeks ago. I don't think he's going to be there. I do think. I mean, eventually Xander Shoffley is going to like be in. I mean, you think contention. so, right? He's he's, he's such a good it's, player. I mean, he's eventually he's got to do it, right? He sucks in majors. He can't get it done. I mean, I just don't know what it is. I don't know what it is either. I think, I, it's all mental, right? I think Rory will be top ten. But so if we're doing a fantasy team of five guys. Scotty, DJ, Bryson, uh, Rory, Johnson. Not, I already said DJ, so yeah, Smithers, you got it, nailed Smith, it. Smithers, and then I'll throw in Wimby. Who else do I want to throw in there? I'll throw Xander. I mentioned him. He'll be he'll be five. Bumblebee guy. He's not going to win. He'll finish top five. There you go. That's my fantasy golf. Quagmire this week. Quagmire. <laughs> cartoon characters. Texture says Trevor sounds like John Goodman. Thank you. That's a compliment. I'll take that any seven days a week and twice on Sunday. John Goodman's awesome. John Goodman is awesome. Yeah, I'll take that. I mean, despite like the last season of Roseanne, that's he character was kind of thrown under the woodshed in that one. It's, they claimed he cheated on her. I mean, come on, dude. Wait, Did they really? Oh yeah. It's kind of crappy. Oh yeah, they didn't. I mean, the bat the whole season, the last season of Roseanne was bad in general, but. I mean, they had like her winning the lottery, and they got rich, and 
but then they found out like Dan died because he had a heart attack because you know, it, it, like Darlene's wedding and he but he cheated on her. But then it was all a dream and he didn't actually Jeez. he did cheat on her, but he didn't die and but they didn't win the lottery. It was just like it's convoluted. Yeah, well, no. Then they brought the show back and actually decided to make the eighth seed look better. Okay, <laughs> the revamp's been been awful as well. Texas says, are you all aware of any way to get tickets cheaper than $33 for the TBT game? That's the cheapest ticket I see on Ticketmaster, and that price is ridiculous if you ask me. $33, $33 for a TBT game? That is outrageous. 33 is, is that's hefty. Let's be honest. If you're sitting, like, the cheapest seat should be, like, 7 And those are, it doesn't look, like, I just looked at it real quick. Those do look like they're, like, upper-level tickets, too. No, if I'm paying 30 bucks, I'm sitting, like, behind the court, behind the players. Well, I don't think you I mean, it's not. <laughs> Clearly you're not. Why should I pay more to sit in the upper level than they're making to play the game? That's 33 <laughs> bucks is, is steep. I was thinking it's going to be more like 10 to 15. If that's the case, then I can promise you we're not making 7,000 people. There's no way. I do see $29 tickets. Well, that's $4. Wow, I'm saving that 4 that bucks. Seems to be, but that's, I'm just saying that seems to be the cheapest ticket there is. What's the highest price ticket? Uh, well, they're, not, they don't, they're like not available for the lower levels here. They're only selling the upper levels on Ticketmaster. I guess the lower levels all sold out. Which, if that's the case, we should get more than 7,000 people there. Yeah, I mean. Well, By the way, that game is, it, I've been saying it's Thursday. It's Tuesday. It's the 25th, 7 p.m. Tuesday, Thursday, either way, it's a weekday. It's if they a, win, yeah. they'll play again on Thursday, and then their last game at Freedom Hall, I think, would be Saturday. The, so. the weekend game is the one I'd like to see, especially if that's, if that's also your third and final game. Then, yeah, that one I could see definitely possibly giving a run for the record. Texture says, what does TK think about Rebecca Black? <laughs> so... <laughs> What's wrong with Rebecca Black? Scoots had a Scoots had a slip up on Friday. Scoots Scoots made a he said something he really shouldn't have. It was really bad. Did he say bad? Did he, did he like bash Rebecca Black? Well, no. He played the song Friday. He was, he was playing like Friday songs. Okay. And he played it's you know the, it's Friday Friday, Friday. Friday. You got to get down on and Friday. Like, yeah, I know the song. And he was like, I wonder what she's doing now. And I was like, I think she's still making music. She and, is. And I was like, she's actually she's very attractive now. And if, I mean, she just was, you, you can Google search her. I mean, she was you can tell she was cute when she was a teenager. Okay, yeah. well, we're gonna get there. You can, well, what? You, <laughs> you can Google search, and she's she's like, I think she's like twenty eight now, twenty five something. Like okay, that. she's she's attractive, and Scoots Google searched her and was like, she just she doesn't do it for me. She like I don't like the short hair. Clearly, clearly he did Google her because I just start R E B and Rebecca Black now is the first thing that comes up in our bar. And <laughs> you can say she's she's a very pretty woman. She's a, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's not bad. And Scoots was like, God, you all have such high standards. I think she, she, she's very attractive. Well, she's, I mean, I wouldn't kick her out of bed unless she wanted to sleep on the floor, but I mean. Well, Scoots was like, I, I, I don't like the way she looks. She doesn't, doesn't do it for me. I actually prefer <laughs> the younger version. And then I had to tell him that she Whoa, was 13. Was she, she really? She did that song. I thought she was like 16. And that's when people were like, the, the whole molester Kermit voice, which is something that he's been accused of having when you're gone. <laughs> yeah. Like the molester part of the equation became a lot more clear to everybody. It was a, it was a misstep for him. He, he erred in his judgment. He shouldn't have said it. Okay, in fairness to Scoots, I didn't think she was 13 either. She's 13, 14. Yeah, okay, that's, she's she, very, looks, very she looks very, she does not look that young. I would hope that you would say you would. First of all, what, what parent version. lets their 13-year-old just jump into a car with a bunch of other teenagers and drive off? No, that's, to, that's, a, to a field party. I mean, parenting right there alone. A lot of be. issues with that video. <laughs> I mean, that's, I do too now. But I would hope, though, that you would say you didn't prefer that version of her to the, the current one. No, that, no, no. That was what Scoot said, and it was... <laughs> Look, it, it cast us all in a bad light for a split second. It was, it was, it was a rough moment for the show. It was a rough moment for the station. It was certainly a rough moment for Scoots. He had lots of apologies to make. 
and he tried his best to make up for it. I'm kind of with Scoot Snow on the not, not, I'm Short hair is not my favorite thing either. I think she's very attractive. I mean, she's I mean, she's attractive, but I just don't. I mean, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say she's hot. It's amazing that both of you guys are still single. <laughs> just the standards. Beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> just, just waiting for 1995 Kelly Kapowski to storm in your door. Oh, what would I do for that? Texture says, I assume everyone else assumes that Trevor had an encounter with a, with a lady of the night in Vegas, correct? We don't need to go down that road. I don't. If you did, I don't want to. First of all, it's illegal in, this, in the Henderson County uh, area of, of Nevada, so... You know the text line. Tr- they, they do this on purpose. They try to take the show <laughs> in the weirdest possible place to make us just make us look bad. Isn't that what you want? Well, first of all, what's this us? You got a little mouse in your pocket over there. It's got to be a. Li- it's usually, me that ends up with the. I'm a. It's my show. It's my name on the show. I'm along for the ride. Yeah, here. but, you, but you, don't, you have a filter. I don't. Still, <laughs> I've got to say something. I can't just let you go. Less the, <laughs> the the authorities get involved, take us off the air for good. <laughs> I could have just said something really else about <laughs> the person asked that I was coming back in. Did your mom tell you everything? <laughs> uh, hey, if y'all can make fun of my mom, I can do it back, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, good. Texas Mike, you don't need to apologize to anybody. If someone has a problem with you not coming on the radio occasionally because of an ailment that you're suffering from, they can go bleed themselves. Thank you. Did somebody get mad at you? Every now and then, people, yeah, will we'll say mean stuff. It's okay. I've heard worse. At a death row in AIM. After that, it's been a smooth sailing since then. It's all good. For not and since being on this station, yeah. Wow, I figured if anybody got one, I would. No, it's fine. Texas says we currently have a basketball coach that won't say publicly that winning is important. God, I want Rick Pitino back so bad. I, I think we all just have to assume that when Kenny Payne says that, he doesn't mean it, right? Because. It's I mean, you can't, you can't be, you can't do like one interview a year though and be that stupid. I'm getting to the point now, and people who love, who, who think Kenny Payne can do no wrong, have been like, "See, now you, you guys just get mad when he does talk. You should just want him not to talk." I'm kind of there now because when he does talk, I'm like, "I don't. It's, this isn't what I want to hear." I just, and again, nothing's going to appease everybody after a four and twenty-eight season until, besides actual wins, but the whole. Winning isn't that important to us, and if we just have good kids that work hard, like that's going to be a win to me. It sounds like let's just say the name. It sounds like Steve Cragthorpe. That's things losers say. It sounds like the way that he was trying to cushion his fall last season when he was mm-hmm. like, you know, beginning. He's like, I'm not sure if it's going to happen this year, but like we're working hard, and you know, we're gonna. It's it's the champions of life thing. From Tennessee a few years ago. That's great if you want to go coach Cameron Middle School. Okay, this is this is a high level Division One team. And my wins issue is, matter. I always try to frame things this way because I, I don't want to be too hard on Kenny Payne. I think we're all hoping that this works out. But I always try to view, think about, I reiterate myself for the billionth time. Louisville's a, wherever you have them in the landscape of college basketball's great programs. I think that everyone can agree this is a top ten job in the sport. It's a top ten program in the sport. Therefore, Louisville should have a top 10 coach. I'm thinking about other coaches that fall into that category, that, that are top 10 coaches in college basketball, that you expect to be competing for national championships every season, which eventually we hope to be back to doing. I can't picture them saying anything like that. Like, can, can you imagine Bill Self being like, you know, wins don't really matter. <laughs> what if Cal came out and said what if it? If Cal Perry said wins, they would run him out of town. They They're got mad at him for just bragging about draft picks. Yeah, 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 they, they, 
They got mad at him, yeah, for saying we have two. Having a billion first round draft picks is, is a huge deal to us. Like, he's never said winning wasn't important. He's like, we still want to win national championships. It just comes second to this. Kenny Payne is straight up saying in that interview, like, well, winning's not that big of a deal to us. I mean, it's. It is. It's a big deal to us. It's like, it's at some point after listening to it, it's like you want to be like, I was happier when you just didn't say anything. That's what I said. Like, I, just, I'm now back to being like, okay, just just move in silence. Do the you'd thing. be better off, yeah, because when you talk, it's just like, no. No, bad, Kenny. Bad. <laughs> it's... <laughs> I'm like the kid, like the, the general in Forrest Gump, like pulling wires out of the out of the station. I'm like, get, get him off the air. <laughs> cut his mic. Cut his mic. Cut his mic. <laughs> Poor, uh, I was gonna say Kenny Klein, but it's not. It's, it's uh, Zach Greenwell now. It's like just cut, just cut his mic. Just don't don't, don't let him talk. He's <laughs> him running there. Josh would run there, just trying to hang up the phone, pulling phone call cords. Josh is just listening. He's like, God bless. He's like, I straight up said fifteen, like five hundred is not good enough for us last year. It's like the the program director when he hears Howard Stern in private in private party. He's like, get, get him off the air now! <laughs> like, why is my door locked? <laughs> Kenny's locked him in his office. <laughs> Texas Trevor sounds like the geology dude on Big Bang Theory. No, that's the guy that people have compared me to. The actor, I forget his name. The the real big dude. It's kind of bald beard. People, people also compared that yeah. guy to our old producer Elliot. He, he, was he, he looks a lot like him. They sound a decent amount alike. I can't remember what else. He's, he was on the Sarah Silverman show. I remember that. Uh, he's been on a bunch of like random stuff. It's just hard to like. He's one of those. He's one of those actors. Like if you saw him, you're like, oh, I know him exactly. from this, this, or that. like everyone he's knows him from Sorry Show. Yeah, and then usually it's everyone knows that as a specific show they know him from, and that's who that is. He's a good actor. I mean, he was yeah. He does the uh, rock guy on Big Bang Theory. He's pretty funny. Somebody also says, "Who's the?" Who's the cartoon <laughs> dog that has the pilot goggles? I'm talking about like uh, not deputy dog, but um, you're talking about the from the Mr. Peabody, Muttley, from the Hanna Barbera stuff. Is that that's Mr. Peabody's sidekick, right? The the time machine. I think no, no, I don't think that's the same one. Anyways, somebody says that that's how you laugh. Um, uh, I. I had to listen to it. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't either. I, I, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get the texture. And Mr. Peabody's a white dog with like black glasses. No, on. it's not that dog. Okay. No, this is a it's like a yellowish dog with black ears. I don't remember that. And a one. red scarf. Texas says, "Where do you think we'd be if Charlie never left for Texas?" Ooh, interesting question. Would, <sighs> would we still have had Brom come back home at some point? I guess the question is, do you think that Charlie is still our coach now? Like, like, is he still is he maintaining that level of success, or does he is he has he been fired at some point? Honestly, I would say I think he would have been moved on at some point by now. I wonder. I mean, the the weird thing about Charlie, it didn't shock me that it didn't work at Texas, right? Like that seemed when well, it, it hasn't worked since either for anybody well, else. I'm getting there. But. When he announced that he was going to Texas, I was like, that's a really weird fit. Like it just he he doesn't. I don't see that being a marriage that's going to work out. I was more surprised that he didn't have success somewhere else after that. Like, going to South Florida seemed like home run. Like, he'll be able to recruit there. He's a big name. Like, he's back close to home. He, you know, one talent than anybody. Yeah, first year, and that was it. And then they bottomed out completely, and he was terrible. Looking back, like, Charlie did some stuff in game, even when we were having great seasons that didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. And then I remember thinking, if, if we were at a bigger program, if this were Texas, like people would be talking about this a lot more. I, I I remember 
it was one of the games where we beat South Florida. It was a very close game, and it was the end of the first half, and we had the ball at about midfield, and there were two seconds left to go. And so, you, you know, any normal coach would say you got two options. Try to throw Hail Mary in the end zone or let the clock expire and take a knee. He punted. And I remember, th- like, nothing bad happened. The punt just, like, went for, in for a touchback or something, or, or we tackled the returner. But I remember thinking, if that goes wrong, if, if that kick gets blocked or they return it for a touchdown, it's just an inexcusable just bleep up. And I feel like if we were, if we were Texas with our own network and you know, radio stations that just dissect every angle of every game, people would spend an hour talking about this. But here at Louisville, you know, we did, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, that was sort of weird, and we moved on. He did stuff like that from time to time where I was like, we've got a lot of talent and we're winning out, but maybe we should be winning these games by more. Again, I'm not trying to, to – downgrade anything that happened during the Charlie Strong era because it was so great, but I wonder if we would have reached a point where we just weren't, if things started not working out here. I mean, you just had to wonder what kind of recruiting, because I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to imagine, because he had Teddy's the entire time, pretty much. Yeah, besides the, I mean, yeah, the, the one, yeah, the, the, first, the, the year. first year, yeah, which you always get kind of a pass on, especially when you go six wins and go to a bowl game, I guess, in your first year, you know, with no surprise, but like the next chapter he leaves, like Petrino wins nine games with that team. I, I don't know. If Bob, I don't know. If Charlie wins nine games with that team. I'm Did, not can sure. Charlie, can Charlie can Charlie have the same success that Petrino had with Will Gardner quarterback? Yeah, that, I mean, I just that, that was that, a defensive led team for sure. And I, that's and that's the thing I don't mean with strong. It's just like it's just a matter of where would recruiting had gone, like. If if he if he had stayed because who knows how, how different recruiting would have been. I mean, we maybe never get Lamar, obviously. Or would it have gone you know better with us going to the ACC? Would he have been able to, to get more talent than he was even getting back then? I don't know. It's, or yeah, or maybe he does get. We still get Lamar in some way in this scenario. I mean, he's a Florida kid. I mean, it's a know. great question. Um, I'm, but 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 ten years removed, I would think we would be. I don't think Strong would still be here at this point now, even ten years later. I think he would have. Whether he he left because maybe he felt he the bottom fell out a little bit, or another job came around, I think he would have. I think he would have moved on by this point. Texas has ten thousand fans. Easy for the TBT. Three buddies and I are going. We haven't seen good basketball in this town in almost two freaking years. It might sell out. I mean, ten thousand easy. That's how many times did we top ten thousand last year for University of Louisville? Um, three times officially or really really because really i think maybe th- i think maybe three times I think it did, did. officially we did like almost every game <laughs> i think we did it yeah i think it was always like twelve thousand, but it yeah, really we, most yeah. of those, some of those games were like six thousand five thousand i mean did we have did did we have an institute who, who did we have last year you mean the clemson game was definitely over ten thousand. yeah because that was the 2013 like, celebration yeah that one was but who else did, did, came into town that would have brought that would have brought over ten thousand? because we, we played north carolina here didn't we i thought we did but I'm i've saying, repressed all the season i think but see i'm, I'm trying to because la- honestly pains last year and the and, and max the disaster that was the 13 one year before it's kind of blended together with me yeah i think we're just trying to forget and i'm trying to think like because we had because that was, but you got to assume like Bellarmine night one probably had more than ten thousand. Well, you got Bellarmine yeah. fans, you got Louisville fans, and people were excited. It's the beginning of a season. Who knew how it was going to go? True, yeah. Well, like, even though we had already had the exhibition game, well, that was the exhibition game, wasn't it? The official number for that game was just under fifteen thousand. The Bellarmine game. So I'll probably give I'll probably give them the benefit of the doubt of being. I think close that one to did. The next two probably didn't. Uh, we you know we hosted Maryland, who was a top twenty five team. That, I don't think that had 10, probably didn't people. have. Officially, was it was twelve thousand some odd. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to see the official- that was in the middle of the week, wasn't it? That was like a Wednesday game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I remember being 
the official number. I'm trying to see the other official numbers that were were big. Yeah, the uh, all the other official numbers are like eleven thousand, twelve thousand. And then you know that's not over ten thousand. Really yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think the Clemson game. Jeez, it may have only been so two. one. Yeah, because Kentucky was on the road. Clemson, you Florida may, State. What did you say the North Carolina announced attendance was? Carolina announced attendance was fourteen thousand eight hundred forty-two. I bet we. I think our answer was right. I think three. I think it was Bellarmine, Carolina, and Clemson. God, what a depressing conversation. We, hey, at least we had more wins than something for once. <laughs> Texas Mike, talk about talk with TJ about the giveaways. He had an interesting story, and an angry texter even went after Jer Scoots. Ooh. Say, say that one more time. He, he said, talk with TJ about the giveaways. He had an interesting story, and an angry texter even went after Scoots. I mean, Scoots not give the stuff away properly? I don't know. We, we, had, we had stuff at our front desk here that for like you, that I like supplied for UK to give, for us to give away on kerosene. They've been sitting there for like three years. I think it's every radio station. I I think a pa- like. There's a pair of Happy Feet that hadn't been collected in like four years. Take them. I'm not wearing Beyond. UK Happy Feet. I've got Burn. Louisville and Eagles Happy Feet already. I don't, need, I don't need UK. TJ, let us know what happened there, and hopefully we can defend Scoot's honor. we got to go to break. we got 5 o'clock hour up next. A couple of things that we want to get to. We'll preview the night ahead in sports, and then we'll take more from you guys on the Thornton Sex Line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Continues next here on 1450 The Big X. But if you lose, don't ask no questions. The only game you know is do what This song, but I can like, This is one of those songs that, like, like the Phil Collins versus Genesis. Which one is it? Like, I didn't know this was no doubt. I would have just thought this was Gwyneth Stefani by herself. This is when they made the comeback. They, they, they did like their kind of resurgence in like oh three oh four because they had this and they had that. It's my life. Yeah, that was just a, it's a reboot. Yeah, yeah. it's a remake. It's a remake of what? Uh, it was done in the early eighties. It was like a. British pop band did that song originally. Did not know that. It's not the no, no, no doubts person's better, but that's that is right there with it too. Yeah, which I would have. You'd been like, well, who did this? No doubt or Gwen Stefani. Like Gwen Stefani. Apparently, so Scoot says he's de- he got he got he got defensive, didn't he? He said you didn't send the loose city tickets to oh, the winner last week. That's in the, the same, buck. The same texture that hates Roush and TJ. If that's my job, that was never told to me. It was, it was not your job. I send the winners to. Our, our salesperson, who then she's got access to the ticket, she sends them on. But to my knowledge, both ticket winners like received and accepted their tickets last week. So I don't know what that. Now there was somebody who didn't get the, like the day that we gave them away and was kind of antsy about it the next morning. But we got him hooked up. He was good to go. I don't know if that's what happened, but it should be all good. And our current winner, I'll sh- shoot me your email, and I will make sure that uh, it's passed along. But yeah. I I don't know. We have like a, I'm like the middle person here for all this. I have to send it to. No one likes being the middle man. I know. I've got to get the winner's email, and then I send it on, and then I've got to hope that that you know it gets to them and they accept it and everything goes well. It's yeah. We're we're doing the best. We can, can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I 
<laughs> What's on your mind, bud? With your education, I encourage you to ask me lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always feel like I'm right at home. Just like talking to my three-year-old. So, so <laughs> well, God, her questions are out of control. She's really? At the, she's at the Y I feel stage. like I'm training. Well, yeah, I'm not that bad. She's at the, she's like, she reiterates everything that you say. Why? She's like, yeah, no, she just, she doesn't need to say why, but she'll, like, Mary was watching, like, a Taylor Swift song, like, on, on YouTube, and Virginia's like, why are they in French fry costumes? And <laughs> Mary's like, that's just what she's wearing because it's kind of a silly song. And she's like, well, why, why is it kind of a silly song? Mary's like, I don't know. It just kind of is. Why just is it kind of is? I'm like, oh my god, I can't do this anymore. I'm now I'm really wanting to know why they're wearing French fry costumes. She's yeah, she's wearing. I don't. I think it's shake it off. She's wearing a French fry. Costume. Um. So so I was looking. You know, I, I so I, uh, I'm doing the bats game night. So which obviously means dinner being ordered to the studio for go me. bats, go bats as well. And I was trying to. I was thinking about something different. Like actually, this a little bit over the break. Like, so this place I'm looking at, like it says it's listed as ramen. Is that how different is that from like just regular Chinese food? It's different. Like, different, different? Yes. Like, because I'm very picky with my Chinese food. Like, I just want my, like, my chicken and rice or my chicken noodles. I don't want anything else, really. And I'm curious. I mean, is it, like, a flavor palette thing I should be worried about? And ramen, it's, like, noodles and it's, I guess it's not technically a soup, but it's usually, I mean, you know, like, ramen noodles. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, 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 that's different than that. Okay, good, because that's, like, where only my mind goes. But it's, I mean, it's 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 a noodle soup dish. I don't think you would like it. Well, I don't think these are all. Well, these aren't just all just like ramen. They have a ramen menu, but I'm looking at like the, oh, okay. I'm looking at like their chicken and steak, and it's just a picture. And it's just like just chicken and steak with like fried rice, and I'm sure there's some vegetables in there I'll pick out. But if it's a ramen restaurant, though, I feel like that's their specialty. You may it's it's kind of like ordering a burger or it's like ordering pizza at a steak place. They actually give you the option for the temperature. I guess so I guess that's your steak, the temperature of the cook, but. I feel like you're playing a dangerous game. Right now. I mean, here's the thing: like, if I order, you're this, already getting Chinese from a New Albany restaurant. I mean, <laughs> my cousin, how's your Chinese food? You're walking my, the thin line already. Tires, how's your Chinese? <laughs> <laughs> we quit asking about the Chinese. Everybody knows you're a tourist. You blend. Um, I mean, they they have a ramen menu, which I honestly don't. Yeah, it does not look enticing at all to me. But I can't see you being a, a ramen fan. So okay, because I'm. But this is like I don't know. Like I feel like if I should I order this, but order something from like also somewhere else just in case as a backup. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I think you should just scrap like, like just, scrap the Chinese restaurant completely. I don't know, man. I don't. I'm, I'm kind of in a Chinese mood though. Like I'm in a chicken and like. Chicken and steak kind of mood for Chinese. Best Chinese in New Orleans. And I can't get. I don't. I, 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 last time I, <laughs> last time I just said screwed. I ordered Panda Express, and that was a mistake because I I don't know what something about Panda Express. They just like I don't know if it's like a mental disease that they have that they can't include the teriyaki with their teriyaki chicken ever. It's like who orders like teriyaki chicken but doesn't even want it. It's listed as grilled teriyaki chicken. It's not grilled. It's not teriyaki, and I doubt it's even chicken. And that's all I wanted was a teriyaki. And then instead, I just get like crappy chicken, quote, air quote chicken with, you know, dry noodles. Are you done with this? Yeah, I'm done. What do you found for me? They have a, I mean, there's a great wall here. I mean, is it on DoorDash? King Wang Chinese restaurant, apparently best uh, Chinese food in the area. It's on Spring Street. It's close to us. I mean, I'll see if they're listed on here on Chi- I mean, Chinese restaurants. While you do that, we can we can, <laughs> we can move on a little bit. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a mood for, you know. Kind of, you know. It's the classic New Albany Chinese. <laughs> I mean, 
first of all, <laughs> don't don't mock New Albany Chinese because unlike Louisville, they have Chinese Chinese buffets here, and I love that. Like you can't get a Chinese buffet in Eastern Louisville. Yeah, you can. Oh, where? Like maybe for a lunch hour. Well, I used to always go. Yeah, we used to always. Yeah, go I to mean, a lunch, I mean, like a twenty-four hour. Downtown. It was delicious. Not twenty-four hour, but one that's like just the buffet all day long. You prefer the buffet? I love the buffet. Okay. Well, again, you're. You also like to live dangerous. You, you remember, I am picky. So, like, when I the buffet allows me not to have to worry about. You can just go back get as many plates as you want. Yeah, like like I the, the Happy Family order. I always order it with just broccoli only. Which cuts out like nine different vegetables because I don't want to have to. I don't like all that stuff. Happy family expensive too. Uh, it's good though, but it comes with like all the meats and stuff. You get a little lobster in there. It's delicious. Yeah. It's uh, all right, let's talk about the. <laughs> now I kind of want happy. <laughs> I'm begging you to let me move on. I'm begging you to let me move on. <laughs> Beg some more for me. It's five eleven. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> We've got women's basketball odds for next season. And this is, I feel like this is where our, if U of L were to capture its first national title next year under Jeff Walls, this is kind of like a Disney story. Like, this is like Ducks versus Hawks. Because according to Bet Online, the preseason national title favorites for next season are Haley Van Lith and the LSU Tigers. They're three to one favorites. No, well, they should be, though. UConn's five to one. Iowa's south to one, uh, seven to one. South Carolina and Utah are nine to one. I know Utah is supposed to be that good. But apparently they are. What did Utah do last year? I made the Elite Eight, I think. Had a good team. Indiana right there is, is at 14 to 1. So they're up there too. Louisville, guess what our odds are? Uh 35 to 1. 75 to 1. Good lord. We're down there with the NC States and the USC's and the Villanovas of the world. Oh, yeah, Utah lost by three to LSU in the Sweet 16 last year. I don't think LSU's gonna win the national championship. I don't think so either. I think they've become they're, they're too Hollywood. You got Haley Van Lith sitting courtside at WNBA All Star games. She's at the ESPYS for some reason. I don't know why she would be at the ESPYS. I'm more she curious wins. why they still do the ESPYS. <laughs> got Angel Reese. You know she's she's gone Hollywood or NILs out, out, off the roof. Like I don't think Kim Mulkey can handle this. And let's be real, they weren't the best team in women's college basketball last year. That South Carolina team that got beat by Iowa dusted them twice last year. Yeah. And would have dusted them a third time if they played. It's very Louisville Notre Dame. From uh, 2017, whenever that was, when we got screwed against Mississippi State, we would have killed Notre Dame no. for a third time. But I don't think LSU is going to win the national title. If we did, that's a Hollywood movie right there. It's a Hollywood script. That's Jeff Walls taking in all these ragamuffin team of, of you know nine transfers and newcomers and only four returnees and you know, the stars left and the McDonald's All Americans left and he can't win the big one. It's a score. It's a, it's a script that needs to be written. Would, would not if we were to knock off LSU in Sweet Sixteen slash Elite Eight. Would that be better than the Baylor win? Oh yeah, I think so. Well, Baylor win was nice. Though. Baylor Baylor was different because that was people were talking about that team in terms of it potentially being the best women's team of all time. And we were well, they were defending champions, weren't they? Were they defending champions, or did they win the next year? I can't. Remember. No, that well, that was Britney's last year, so I know they so didn't it, win it so, next. So they, they definitely had. One they year were either they it. were either one year removed from their title, or they were repeating champions. I can't remember because Britney did get upset by Notre Dame one year. I think. So then she had won. She okay. had, she'd already won. But I mean, we were like 25, yeah. 28 point underdogs in that game as a four seed versus oh, yeah. one. It was insane. Like that was maybe statistically that would have been the would be the bigger upset. I mean, who knows how our season goes? But I think for us, like it would be, it would mean more for us. That was a 12, 13 year, right? Yeah, it was, it was 2013. Yeah, they were coming off their national title then. There you go. Yeah. I would love to beat LSU. 
But they were coming off an undefeated national title year, even yeah. though they weren't undefeated when we beat them. We, they were off. I think they'd, they'd, won, they'd lost one game. They were 34-1 and one when we yeah. played them, yeah. Um, so there you go. Those are the women's basketball odds that are out there. We've also got a um, – Where's Kentucky? I didn't hear them mentioned. Um, they're not on there. Oh. Not on there. They are, however, on Austin Mock of The Athletic. His preseason top 25. He has, he's one of those guys. He doesn't do it by the eyeball test. He's got his own rating system. UK number 25 in his rankings. One of two Cardinal opponents that are on in the top 25. Number 17, Notre Dame, is the other. So there you go. UK. Looking good. I want to talk about these. I mentioned this story yesterday and a little bit earlier today, but the, the, the athletic story about the new nightmare schedule for college basketball coaches. I do think it's interesting. With the transfer portal being open, I mean, it's supposed to be closed right now, but you still have a billion graduate transfers that are, are, are eligible. You have the kid. Have you seen the story about the, the, the freshman from Kansas who reclassified just to be a part of Kansas's team this year? He went out there. He's been there for a couple of months and then said today, like, I'm leaving. I just don't, I don't like the vibe of this program. I don't, he's like, I don't fit in here. He's like, it's not about playing time. I just don't like it. And he said, I need to be somewhere. I can't go to another country school. He needs to be in a big city. And I'm like, well, got a big city for you. Here. First of all, Lawrence is only like two hours from Kansas City. I mean, uh, that was he's like, I can't, I can't do country schools. And you also had Hunter Dickinson saying that that Michigan is fake nice and Kansas is true Midwestern nice, which I thought was Hunter Dickinson's <laughs> trying to be the big villain in college basketball right now. He desperately wants that role, but you have to recruit all. Well, the they're going to be nice to Hunter, of course. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right now. Yeah, let's just see what happens. See how nice they are if you're having a bad game. They were fake nice last year because you you missed the NCAA tournament with two lottery picks on your team. Because guess what? If you, if you, if, you, if when you when you're bad at Michigan, no one really cares as much to focus on the football team anyway. Yeah, but as far as the schedule is concerned, like Kyle Tucker of the Athletic talked to a bunch of the bigger names in college basketball coaching right now, and they all to a man talked about how it was just kind of it's become kind of ridiculous for them. To, and I I get that you know. Oh, I feel so bad. They've got to sleep on their yachts. It's one of those type deals. But you do like this. No job should be 365 days a year, and it kind of feels like that's where we are right now with college basketball. Nate Oates said this. He said we had an official visit going on July 4th. The transfer portal has changed stuff. Since the season ended, I kind of made myself take Easter Sunday off to spend with my family. But that's it. I don't think I've had another day off since the season ended. Really, it's bad. I'm not going to sit here and complain. There are a lot of people who would trade jobs with me. But it's definitely made this harder. I mean, about time to earn that seven figures, I guess. Danny Hurley also talked about how he doesn't want to go on vacations because he's so afraid that somebody's going to poach his players. He's like, he's like, I've, I've got to stay home. I've got to be with them at all times because I don't want anybody to steal them. He said, with the propensity for players to look for greener pastures, it's disconcerting to be on the road recruiting as much as we are. You don't know what you're coming back to. We're all paranoid now, and I'd be a lot happier on campus, on the court, less recruiting days, more time on the court with my team. I think that's understandable. Because, yeah. look, tampering is happening 12 months a year now. It was happening before to a degree. I it mean. was, but now, I mean, it's. I think people feel empowered. People feel like they're just, you know, we're not going to no, get punished. Yeah. We may as well go for it. If you like a player, let's contact him in the middle of the season and let him know that we're interested. Uh, Steve Peichel said the schedule is just crazy. July used to be a crazy month. Now every month seems to be kind of crazy, and you're away from your family a lot, so it just puts pressure on them. Uh, Jerome Tang, who, of course, says he wants to have more dudes than his opponent. I mean, it's incredible. Thank God we've got a wonderful staff, and I've got an understanding wife. 
It used to be that June was a time we got to stay on campus and have time with our families and do vacations. Now we have recruiting in May, recruiting in June, recruiting in July. And, you know, especially with the portal, you're recruiting one month before the season ends. So, yeah, something's got to be done. Maybe this is why Kenny Payne hates the portal so much because he just doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be doing it during the summer. I mean, again, that that work didn't work out great for John Thompson. who refused to guard, refused to coach around the three point line either. You got to change. You got <laughs> I mean, to change the times. It's the adapt or die, or in this case, get fired. Yeah, John Calipari was also quoted saying, "We need to pause that. The reason is we got too many other things happening right now. You got all kind of stuff that coaches are dealing with. We don't need to put one more thing on our plate. As far as the uh, he's talking about the Hall of Fame." ceremonies going on i mean i get that it's a lot but man like the coaches who are this is why you know we had the discussion before chris mack got fired and it was kind of looking like he was going to be out we were talking about candidates a couple of years ago like the first six months of the show this is why you and i both agreed like you need somebody who's insane for this job well the the right kind of insane you need somebody like Rick Pitino. We need to have an like, ego. Yeah, like John Calipari. The person who is going to, and this it, it feels wrong to say this, but the person who at times is willing to put the program and the job above themselves, above their families, above everything else. If you're going to make it at a place like this, you got to be one of these coaches who's saying, it sucks, but like, like NATO's, I gave myself Easter Sunday. Besides that, I'm out there working because I've got to. You need somebody like that, I think, just to thrive at a place like Louisville or Kentucky or Duke or Kansas or North Carolina. And if you don't, you're going to fall behind a little bit, especially when this is so new and so many people are taking advantage of it. Can Kenny Payne be that guy? Is he that guy? You know, it doesn't sound like it sometimes, but we don't know what he's doing. We, we, we you know, I, I heard from people who were with the program last season talking about how he was always the last guy at the Keeper Center. He was always constantly working, you know. Just because we don't hear him say it or because we don't see him cleaning up in the transfer portal, it doesn't mean that he's not, not trying. But you know, he's going to have to convey it to us at some point that he's, he's willing to be that insane of a dude to just get it done here. Because I think that that's what it takes right now in college basketball with the current structure of, of, of the sport and the current rules that are in place. Like, you, you just you got to be a maniac. Danny Hurley, maniac. Rick Pitino, maniac. John Calipari, still pretty much a maniac. You've got to have that mindset. You've got to be yeah. one of those guys if, if you're going to be cutting down nets at any point. Um, if you don't want to be that guy, then go coach Northern Kentucky. I mean, if, if you don't want to be one, I, I, it's a, if you don't want to be one of those guys, you can still find great jobs. Yeah. Where you like, and I know Kenny Payne has said a number of times, and this is one of the things that has given me pause. Where he talks about how he had to be, he had to be talked into taking the Louisville job, right? And he always he used it last year a bunch. Like I, I, I wasn't sure. Purvis begged me to take it. These people begged me to take it. Well, I mean, if, if you had to think twice about it, like, there are guys who would walk here for this job, who would, who would kill for the chance to be on call 365 days a year. And I, I get that he had it, it pretty good as an assistant. Like, being Cal's right-hand man at UK was a great job. Being with the Knicks was a great job. His job at Oregon was a great job. If that's, you know, if it doesn't work out here, he's still going to have a great job. He's still going to be fine. And, and if you want to be in that role, there are plenty of opportunities for it. But the head man, the guy who's accountable for everything, like that's a different beast. And it bugs me a little would have to beg anybody to be a head coach. It 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 bugs me too. Um, Tony Bennett had this to say, and then we can move on. There need to be some more guardrails. 
It's just time to change. This is such a good profession in so many ways, but if you have to sacrifice families or relationships, marriages, then you have to count the cost. I think there's a way that you can do it all. There are no substitutes. You got to get after it and work, but I think sometimes we make it harder than it has to be. I just think it can be a little more strategic and then it'll be better for the health of coaches and families. I mean, it should be noted. I mean, Tony Bennett is a notorious, he's a big time family guy. He's, he's always prioritized family. And the last few years, his teams have, you know, with the transfer portal, his teams have not been as competitive as they were beforehand when they were able to, you know, bring in some young talent, get old and stay old. Like they have kind of, you know, I know they had a better year last year before they got upset in the first round, but they've, they've not been dominating the ACC or winning the ACC the way that they were before the transfer portal became a thing. No, but at Virginia Standard, I think Tony Bennett's earned the right to be in the cruise control for oh, a little for bit. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. He could, he, could take, he could take almost like a, I don't God, but he could take a decade cruise control, couldn't he? I don't know about that. Well, I don't mean like cruise control where he's like not making the tournament, but he's like a top four or five seed. You'd like to think that they would give him the, that benefit. Yeah, I would think so. Just the one national title alone should, should get him three or should. get him four years. But, you know. Fans have, have goldfish brains, for sure. I'm aware. Yeah. Uh, Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. We'll hear from you guys. God, Thornton Sex Line has exploded today. Uh, I, I have that effect. Is that it's, when you bring up Chinese? Is that, what, is that what it is? No, I don't think it is. Oh. Because <laughs> I need to place my order here really soon. Uh, <laughs> Scoots uh, chimed back in and said, no biggie. It was the same guy that's won like four of them this year. Yeah, that, that guy has won. <laughs> He's the, the guy who won the last set of tickets and has won multiple times this year. Has he? He, knows his, so- he? he knows his soccer. Yeah, I mean, he gets it done. Yeah. Texas says, Why would you order Chinese buffet from DoorDash? No, 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 no. I'm not going. Which brings up the whole question of why Golden Corral's on there, too. But um, no, I would. I'm just saying they have Chinese buffets here. I wouldn't order. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason. Why would you order a delivery from a buffet? That just seems pointless. I yeah, agree. Yeah, for sure. But now they do have to go. Like I'll go. Like they give you like a to go container, and what what you pay is how much it weighs. And there's been times where I've had to like squeeze the, that lid down and hold it shut. I put so much food in there. <laughs> uh, multiple textures have said jumbo buffet in Stony Brook for Chinese food is is open 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. and it's very good. Well, that's the borderline on not on the East End though, really, is it? Yeah, Stony Brook. I mean, it's, that's good. That's still yeah, it's, that's a little ways from my house. I live in the I live in the How Giddy's bad thing. do you want this buffet? Not bad enough to go outside my comfort zone. <laughs> what what about what about me has told you I would go outside my comfort zone at any point? Yoki buffet on, on Blankenbaker and Jumbo Buffet in Stony Brook. Yeah, those are too far away. Jumbo Buffet is on Hurstbourne, Yoki's on Blankenbaker. Um, oh, the guy, the guy who had the, the hot takes about Antonio Reeves on Monday is like, Mike, I hope you realize now your narrative about Reeves not wanting to play for Cal was foolish. He came to KY to play for Cal. You're foolish. All I'm saying is somebody, somebody who works for the program. You fool. Somebody who writes the program. They both have said Antonio Reeves left this summer because he didn't want to play for Calipari. Now, if you want to buy into this, the guy who bought into the whole, like, the freshmen got together and went to, and they were like, we want you to lead us. We need you to lead. You can believe whatever you want to believe. It's, it's. Like, I'm not tying you to it. You can be a fan. That's fine. But I'm just telling you what you I've heard. fool. He also said, if people would kill for the Louisville job, then Kenny Payne wouldn't have been hired. One of those who would kill for the job would have been hired. Well, I'll say it before. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Mick Cronin, at the time, would have walked from Los Angeles to Louisville for the job. Would have killed for it. Did not get the nod. If he'd gotten it, you could have killed me. Now, other coaches who I think we you know, who who would have been in that same like upper tier did say thanks, but no thanks. I 
I think the hope is that if we find ourselves in the same situation, whether it's you know, next year, five years from now, 20 years from now, will be a more attractive option because the NCAA black cloud won't be there. But there were a couple of guys that I think Josh Hurd kicked the tires on and they were like, eh, not right now. But how many of those coaches, like how many top tier guys are even out there anymore? That's the, then that's the thing I was talking like with my buddies last week when, when, when I'm probably like, well, you're going to fire Payne, you can get. And I was like, I don't know. It's the thing with like, UK too. I have like, no idea. When, when Kentucky fans talk about John Calipari, you know he's on the the, the downslide and you know all this stuff. When they were so mad at him, was like two weeks ago. Now he's he's back to being God. But two weeks ago, when they were you know they were mad at him and all this stuff. The dangerous thing about playing that game is, who do you know? Like, there's not a Calipari out there right now. Yeah. There's not a, a Rick Pitino out there right now. There's not a guy that, and I guess you just assume because you're UK, you can go and you know Bill Self would come here, or Jay Wright would come here. It's probably not going to happen. Like th- those guys, I don't think are, are going anywhere anytime soon. The big hot names right now, like I, I do think that Eric Musselman would have come here. We would have just had to have paid him way more than he's worth. Uh, I think the the word was we would have had to have paid him a million dollars more than they were paying him per year at Arkansas. Like Musselman and Oates are kind of viewed as the next big guys, but neither one has been to a Final Four. Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, I mean, what do you? That's the thing. I mean, short of like the dream scenario of, of Josh. Talking, you know, Jay Wright out of coming out of retirement and coming here. Right, he's the new, he's the Urban Meyer for college basketball. Yeah, and, 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 and I mean, but without the baggage, like, yeah, who do you? I mean, I mean, do you, everyone else is kind of like, I mean, you can like guys like you and me both. I mean, we both like Jeremy Tang. We both drum, sorry, not enough to remember his first name. <laughs> we, we both like you, dude, the new coach in Notre Dame. I Shrewsbury. A lot. Yeah, I mean, but again, that's. But that's like a personal preference. Like it's nobody that's just going to be like, "Oh, I like this guy." You almost, you're going to have to convince somebody why you like him. I mean, they're they're not names that are going to move the needle, and they haven't proven and it over just, time. Yeah, and I mean they're they're kind of just the. I mean, and I'm not saying they're going to end up like it, but I mean they're they're no different than your Gillespie, which is your just kind of your hot name on the market right now. Billy, say what? Billy Gillespie's the hot name on the market. Well, he was when he got hired at UK. Yeah, I mean it, it's. I mean, I'm not saying that that that, that Tang or, or Notre Dame guy's going to end up like him, but I mean that's kind of where they're, I mean they're right now they're just kind of the hot name on the market with the small resume. It's the danger about being a a big time program right now that may be looking for a new head coach is there's just not anybody floating around there that has like like again when we hired Rick Pitino in in '01, you knew he was going to have success here. He'd won a national title. He'd won everywhere he'd been. He'd gone to Final Fours everywhere he'd been. Like you you knew it was just a matter of when not if, he was going to get you back to where you wanted to be. There's not that name floating around there anymore. Now, maybe that changes in a couple of years. Maybe Scott Short Drew decides. Jay Wright, maybe. Yeah, but Jay, he's not floating around, at least right now. He's, no. not, he's not telling anybody, I, I'm itching to get back in. Now, maybe somebody wins it. Maybe Nate Oates wins a national title this year, or Musselman wins a national title this year, or Jerome Tang wins a national title this year, and that changes and they become a very hot name. But as of right now, there's just not that proven person out there that would leave – where they are right now for any job, I think. And it's just, you're gambling with whoever you hire. I mean, what if, like, Chicago fired Billy Donovan? Yeah, I mean, I think he would be another big name. But I've always heard Billy just doesn't want to get back into college coaching. I wouldn't surprise me. But I mean, I don't see him. I don't know. I don't know how much of a hot seat he's on with Chicago. I know they missed the playoffs. But, I mean, I don't think he's on the hot seat there. I could be wrong. I don't think he is yet. I don't either. Texas Onion House in New Albany is old school American Chinese, owned and operated by one family and is good. You're welcome, Trev. But if they're not on DoorDash, Trevor's not going to get it. Yeah, I didn't see them on there, so sorry. 
architecture. I used to live in. It was the Times Onions. I used to live by that Hing Wang restaurant in New Albany, and their sign was half out for like a year. So at night, it was just a big red Wang. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't help with the, the dog stories. <laughs> Texture says uh, Alicia Keys is performing at the Yum Center tomorrow. Are you going to have her on the show? I did not know that. Is she, she was, really? I did not know that. I would almost rather see Alicia Keys no than Beyonce. No one, no one. It's a good song. Who would you would you prefer, Alicia Keys over or Beyonce? Beyonce. I I would take Alicia Keys' music and attractiveness over Beyonce. Be, Alicia Keys is one of those people. I, think she's I can recognize that she's attractive. She just does not do it for me. It's just a personal thing. You so you would tell her no if she came over here. Well, yeah, Mary. <laughs> why are you why are you winking at me? Stop. What is that hand motion supposed to mean, Mike? <laughs> I don't get that. Turn wow, that's awfully off. dirty looking. <laughs> <laughs> Texas, in regards to celebrity voices, your voice sounds like Clay Travis, or Trevor sounds like Tony Saragusa or Ron White. <laughs> Tighter salad. <laughs> don't ever say that again. <laughs> I, nobody has ever said I sound like Trey, Trey I don't Travis. Mean, well, first of all, sounding like him is, is not as bad as maybe being the same yeah, but I don't right. think we sound anything alike. I don't think so, really. Do I sound like Ron White? I mean, do I? I don't think so, either. I like Ron White's stand-up on the Blue Collar Comedy Tour, though. The Tater Salad gets uh, it, it, the skit is pretty funny to me. Texas, TK spends more than $35 on DoorDash fees for one meal. The Louisville game, games are going to be the only well-attended games for the entire regional. They have to capitalize. I've got three tickets. I'll be there. I'm excited about it. That is a fair point. Okay, and second, no, it's not a fair point, because I don't spend 35 in DoorDash, like... Like, I'll spend that much on DoorDash, but it's not like fees. The fees are actually not – I don't pay fees because I pay a ten ninety nine dollars uh, monthly DoorDash thing. I probably need to start doing that. You probably should if you're going to DoorDash and up. Yeah, we do it like – I feel like we're, we're, we're getting in a bad trend where we do it at least like once a week or once a week. I'm trying to cut down to three times a week. Texas, did you just ask TK with a serious face whether or not he preferred a buffet? <laughs> Well, I think your concern was with me getting up and walking back and forth from the buffet to the, the table. That was part of it, for sure. Uh, also, I, Chinese buffets, are that's Russian roulette. I, don't know I went to one in Lexington in college, and I was sick for like a week. It was, it was, And I knew exactly well, that's what it was. because you were in Lexington. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I like, like, I, I like, like a Golden Corral or uh, what's, what's the hometown. But I haven't been to a good buffet in a while, though. Ryan's was always a favorite of mine. But I haven't Blue been, Boar still open? I don't even know. I don't even know if there's a rumor. Are they even Ryan Stone Louisville? No. Do you remember Blue Boar back in the mall back in the day? Blue Boar? No, I don't remember that. Oh, it's delicious. I mean, it's classic buffet. I mean, it's buffet's a buffet. Yeah, yeah I mean, buffet's a buffet. I, mean, I like buffet. I like I like, I like uh, Phoebe, Phoebe buffet. Texas says, I don't follow a ton of golf, Mike, but why do you have DeShambo and DJ? Long ball hitters don't usually perform well in the British Open. DJ's always played I, well in the British Open. I couldn't agree more with the Texer. I don't get it either. They've been accurate. I, I just call it a hunch. I think Bryson's, he's due. He's played well at the British recently, too. Kepka has, too. We'll find out. Texas, I love hearing TJ go after stupid Goodman. This must be somebody who's talking about KRC. <laughs> I love the fact that, like, did you know, they take Goodman just because he doesn't like kiss UK butt, too. Well, he also just antagonizes them. <laughs> he does. He does it on purpose, for sure. Texas says, Oh, the Onion House is on here. For off-topic Weird Wednesday, Waylon Jennings played bass for Buddy Holly. Look up what Waylon said to Buddy before he boarded the plane that crashed. I've heard this story before. I don't know what he said, but I, if I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the only reason he went on the plane was the laundry issue. 
Like he was, he he stayed behind to like do laundry or something, and no. that's why he didn't get on the plane. Or maybe, maybe it was Buddy Holly got the, bought the plane last minute because they they, they were going to do laundry. One guy I know lost a coin flip to, to get on the plane. Or maybe one, that was one a coin flip to go. But the whole Waylon Jennings thing was like Buddy Holly told him something about like because they they made a seat switch. I don't remember the exact story why, but yeah. but Buddy Holly basically said to him like I I hope your bus freezes in the, in the snow because it was really snowy. And then Waylon Jennings said, I hope your plane crashes. So that's got to suck with I mean, that probably explains why Waylon did a lot of the drugs and alcohol he did post that. Yeah, I think that, I mean, yeah, if you said that to somebody, and you know, you, you know it wasn't your fault, but you would still. It would to, bug me. It would bug me for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, I, I our, didn't like the guy. We got to take our last break. Some, <laughs> text line's been hopping today, which I appreciate. Uh, we'll get to as many texts as we can after the break, and then we'll look ahead to the, the night that will be. Here in sports, we'll wrap the show after this. Keep it locked right here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon when G was on the streets Trying to consume some skirts for the E So I could get some phones rolling in my ride, chilling all alone Just hit the east side of the LBC On a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G Seen a call for the girls, they don't need to tweak The white people love this song Oh, it's, it's, like, the, it's like the white rap anthem, right? I feel like this is the <laughs> this is just the rap song that, that white people know the most words to. Like this. As you and I both like rap along Oh, I know, I know every word of this song yeah. I, I'm, I'm this is i had this cassette single where rhythm is life and life is rhythm. <laughs> i love the video like it like bleeps out and like using the word gat and uh, i think bodies <laughs> yeah back in the day you couldn't yeah you couldn't get away with that what uh, what movie is the opening scene of the song uh off of i don't know it's off it's a uh, it's a dialogue off the movie young guns oh regulators not, that's what not, they were called did not know that i i you can get bashed for it. I don't care. And I do love Tombstone. But for me, I don't care what you say. Young Guns is still my favorite Western of all time. Okay. I love the whole. And and, it, and somewhat realistic. I mean, it's about the Lincoln County Wars and stuff that went on. Like the movie, It wasn't just a bunch of made-up people. It's, a lot of people in the movie are real people. Now, they did kind of shake you know, how they died. Like one person that had died in the movie actually lived the Lincoln County Wars. But nonetheless, it's still, I, I'll take it. I just saw this this tweet, and I think this is this is a tweet specifically made for Louisville fans. And it's just an important part of basketball fandom is listening to two to three podcasts made by people more who annoy you more than you ever thought possible. I feel like that's half people who listen to the show. <laughs> Am I the only like sports fan that doesn't want to listen or that pays attention to people I don't like? I feel like I'm pretty good about it. Like I don't care. There have been times where I'm like, oh, I hate to, I hate this person, but like. I want the content. I need. I need the content. I need to hear it. I feel like a lot. Just based on what I see on like, like Twitter and, and social media and you know my site, I feel like like people like will hate listen to, especially locally. I said that when I first came back on the air, I was like, I can't wait to start being hated again and to hear about how much I suck again. Because when you go off the air in Louisville, that's the only time that people ever like you. Like they're like, you know what? I never, well, I never liked Mike, but. 
he told it like it was. And then I come back on, they're like, this guy's a bleeping idiot. I hate him so much. I feel like that's every the, – the sports radio in Louisville sucks. Was it, was it like, say, absence makes the heart grow fonder? It does. I mean, it's – Time removes the thought. Why, why, why do you think I – why do you think I, I – Bounce out of here for like a week at a time sometimes. It guy, does make people miss you. Yeah, it does. Because otherwise they'd just be like, oh, God, this Trevor guy again. Yak, yak, yak. He watched the movie. He ordered Chinese food. Oh, God, we got to hear that about it. That comes back after like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We've got like uh, we got like 40 texts we need to try to get to in like 15 minutes. So it's probably not going to happen. We'll get to as many as we can here at 502-414. Ooh, a little rapid fire. 1450. A little rapid fire. Little Texas throw, says. Throw back. Will Trevor be at the Premier Lacrosse League All Star Game on Saturday? Um, no, I didn't. I, <laughs> I didn't. I've never watched a lacrosse match. I had a cousin that played lacrosse at Ballard. She is straight, uh, but they, uh, they, that's not, But I don't. I've never actually like watched a game or like know anything about it. Other, like, other than like the random moments of ESPN three when John Hancock was playing Syracuse for the title. And I'd see like two Always seconds. On Memorial Day. Yeah, right I'd now. see like two seconds of it on the channel before you know something else comes on. That's like the only thing. That's the closest I've come to watching lacrosse. Texter did update us on the odds of the British Open. Scotty Scheffler is the favorite. Rory McIlroy is a close second choice. Then John Rahm, Brooks Kepka, and Patrick Cantlay are the top five there. Cam Wait, Smith, defending champions. Is sick. First of all, he's a golfer. What do you mean he can't lay? I figured he'd get laid all the time. Yeah, we have. Yeah, my buddy's fantasy team name is uh, Patrick Canlay. I'm like, come on. I'm a joke is so easy, though, right? It's terrible. Oh, it's not that bad. There's worse jokes. Texas, is Daniel Ricardo a secret cards fan? It doesn't look like he's throwing an L on this picture in the plane. Because also convinced that Lando is throwing a D for Duke, and I could see it. Oh, Lando Norris is a classic Duke fan. He's too pretty. <laughs> Texas says, it's Shark Week. I highly recommend Piranha 3D with Elizabeth Shue, the best movie since Sharknado. Piranhas are in the shark family. So are Slee Stacks. I don't even know what a Slee Stack is. <laughs> Some some I picked up on Vegas. Uh, I did watch. <laughs> I watched Aquaman on Sunday. Does that count? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I never. Did, did you watch the Sharknado stuff? Yeah. Like I I got I guess I fell into it like the first one. It was one of those everybody else was watching and tweeting about it, so I, I turned it on like halfway through. Yeah, I like it. I was like, oh my god. The first one grabbed me, and I found it funny to a degree. But like after that, it was. Just, like, I do like making fun of bad movies. Yeah. I enjoy a good bad movie night. But sometimes, like th- when you're just trying to be bad on purpose, like Sharknado does, is just it, I don't know. It doesn't have the same ring to it. Texas says Josh Hurd in the search firm never thought to ask Kenny if winning was important to him during the interview process. The <laughs> one <laughs> question he forgot. We assumed that it was, but yeah, we just <laughs> we didn't think we needed to ask. I mean, that should be an assumption, right? I'm not saying you should make assumptions, but if you were going to make an assumption hiring a basketball coach, shouldn't the fact that they want to win be the the right assumption to make? You think. You would hope. Texas says, I move in silence like the Z in tequila, Cal. There's a Z in tequila? There's not. Oh. Texas says, oh, this is roll call. We don't have time for roll call. Do Do they actually have Goodman on the show? No way. I just listened to your little convo with Goodman and Fanta. I'm just fascinated by the national media's perception of this team. Kind of like Cal says, is that what you think or what you hope? They were so ready to shoot down any positive notion about UK that they wouldn't even let you speak. Do UK fans, are are they like, are we back to doing the thing where they're like gung-ho now that they're going to be a top five team? Well, they're going home going in every season, though. That's right? what I'm saying. But like, this was the first year where like they were mad about the roster assembly. They, but now since they saw the, the guys play in Canada, I feel like 
like UK fan expectations are back. They think they're like top ten team. Maybe they are. Are they? I I don't think so, but they look good in Canada. Texas says we wouldn't have Jonathan Blue as a booster anymore if Charlie had stayed. That's that's a given, probably. Yeah, that's one thing we can maybe guarantee. Is that right? I think that's probably accurate. It's the the only guarantee maybe make. Okay. Texas says whoever runs the scoreboard at Coors Field is not okay. You actually brought this up during a yeah. Well, I sent you the one real. I know the one I sent you the other day was funny. Where it was like you know the three and a half hour thing and the bitch. But like the one today, I read you on the it was baseball history pictures or something posted it on Twitter. I saw it. Like I don't know. Were they talking about like? Were they talking about like Becky from Full House? I don't. I think this is fake because the. I don't think you can get away with mentioning the crushed Titanic sub in a joke. Well, what, what about the subway? Uh, have you seen the, the the picture floating around the internet? Like the the people at the subway did the our subs won't cr- won't won't crush like no. the. No, that's got to yeah. be fake too, right? I who knows? Yeah. I mean, now I mean, is it too soon? I think it's too soon. It's what? been like three weeks. It's been long, like three weeks. It hasn't? feels like it's been longer than three weeks. It's been like three weeks. Yeah, I mean, Texas. What's harder, getting a hit in the MLB, scoring a point in pro tennis, or TK successfully pole vaulting? You pole vaulting <laughs> is is number one on that list. Which one would I be able to do first? Mm. <laughs> Who's the pitcher? <laughs> if you had, let's say that we put is it you, Jose Canseco. <laughs> let's say you're playing a full major league schedule. We, you. You're inserted. You're the DH for the Reds. You're batting ninth every game, and you okay. play for them for a full I don't know, fifty games. A fifty game, okay. So I'm not getting five hundred at bats. Do you think you get a hit? At what four at bats in fifty games? Sure. <sighs> Who am I? So that's what, that's two hundred at bats. Major league pitching every time you're up. I mean, I'll answer for you. There's no way. You're getting a hit. There's <laughs> no. zero chance that you're getting a hit. I'm trying to think if I'm back. Like, like, what if I get hit by the pitch? No, it's not a hit. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a hit involved. No, it's it's not a hit. Okay, well then, yeah, probably not. Pro tennis, the, the tennis. I've, I've I've had this conversation before because all you need to get a, a point against a pro in tennis is if they double fault once, boom, you get a point, right? It would help if I knew what that was. Yeah, you, you get two chances to hit the serve in the right box. If you miss both, it's a point for the other person. So if they screw up, I I would have to do anything. I feel like it's the, the pro tennis is the answer here. Yeah, like I'm not rallying with with. But I'm bad. I would, uh, but I feel like. I but maybe, who's who's to say like uh, get, uh, somebody getting a double fault against me in tennis isn't as likely as someone just putting like a mid level fastball down the middle to me where I could actually maybe get a ground ball with eyes. It's me. I'm saying that. That's oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if you get a hit with you if you have a pitcher lobbed at sixty five miles an hour right over the plate. <laughs> it's me. I, it's me, Damien. I'm the one saying. I'm that. the one saying it's all not. It's all you. You suck. Texture says. Wow, okay, that hit hard. <laughs> Texture says just mention the movie the of freedom. Oh, the sound of freedom. <laughs> we don't need to do that. Like the sound of music? The sound of freedom is the new movie that uh, has everybody all up in arms. It, is it like a sequel to the sound of music? It is very much not. <laughs> is that, is the plot line isn't a family of musicians being tra- being chased by Nazis? No, <laughs> there's a lot more child trafficking involved, and it's uh, yeah. 
Well, they did have a lot of kids in the band Trap family. <laughs> I believe it's the number one movie in America right now. It's it's what's it called? Big time numbers. The Sound of Freedom. It's Jim Caviezel who played Jesus in um, the, the movie that you made out during uh, Passion of the Christ. Well, in, in my defense, I couldn't even tell which one was Jesus. They all had long hair and beards. Texas says I thought Trevor refuses to get out of the car. He does. What did I get out of the car for? I think they're talking about you going to a Chinese buffet. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that it's enticing. It's there are a few things that cause me to do it. Texas, if Kenny Payne had to be persuaded to take this job, maybe it's not for him. Give me Denny Crum, who could have left for UCLA, or Patino, who loved the state. Coach our rival, for gosh sakes. If you don't really want it, Kenny, let us find somebody who does care. Yeah, that I mean, I know that he's he's brought that up a couple of times. He brought it up in season last year. I wish he just wouldn't say that because it doesn't make you feel good, right? It's like he practically had to beg me to to date him. Like, well, we, <laughs> let's let's stop bringing that up. It's that doesn't make me feel good. It never bothered me when she said it. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Antonio Reeves guy. Typical Louisville guy. Denying fact when there are multiple reports out there saying what I am about Reeves. Just admit you're wrong. Multiple. I mean, which KSR people, I'm assuming? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, sure. You can believe. Again, you can believe whatever you want to believe. I'm telling you, somebody who works for John Calipari told me Reeves left, didn't want to play for Cal. Texas, who would uh, who would have gotten more wins last year and have more confidence in this year to win more, KP or the Pike, Pikeville High School coach? Uh, Texas, Field of 68 is currently doing off-season grades for teams. Are we even relevant enough to get a grade? No, I don't think that they'll do us. If they do, it's, a, it's just an easy exercise to get clicks because they'll just pile on. Texas, did you read Matt Norlander's article from a couple of weeks ago about how schools are no longer filling all 13 scholarships? If that's the case... Why did Kenny fill all scholarships in June? I did read that, and I, I read about how they're basically saying, like, some of the power programs, some of the, the biggest schools are like, if you're not a top 60 high school player, we're not taking you because you're not going to play for us, and if we do take you, we feel like you're not going to play enough your first season and you're going to transfer. So we're just we're leaving spots open because we know the transfer portal is going to have players that we could use. So it's, yeah, it, it's, it's a different world. Texas Blue Boar was cafeteria style, different than buffet. I don't remember. I, I, I said I was always remembered it as a buffet. They had great Jello. <laughs> <laughs> as a kid, that stood out to me. <laughs> Love the Jello. <laughs> it's, it's Jello. Is it really hard? It's, how can you? How do you screw up Jello? I was like seven. It was great. I never liked Jello. Texas. Did either of you all ever go to Piccadilly back in the day? I did. That was definitely a grandparent special for me growing up. Piccadilly I Cafe. I don't remember that. Was that the one with the fried pickles? The the, the no, that was Jen, that was Jenny's Diner, wasn't Jason. it? Yeah, yeah, that with the weird commercials. Yeah, Texas Mike, how did you eat at Blue Boar? I think you had to show your AARP for them to let you in. My dad loved Blue Boar. I think both my parents did. We went there multiple times. Texas says, uh, "Oh God, what is this?" Trevor after <laughs> after after one buffet. This is what he looks like now. It's a picture of Chucky. I don't even know what this is, but it's terrifying. I don't think you can see from over there, but that's that's apparently you. That is kind of creepy looking. YouTube camera's coming next week. We'll be able to show you. Ooh, my order's here. Can't wait. Texas, I've been to Golden Corral in Clarksville three times. Two times there was an ambulance taking out at least one patron, and one time there was a fist fight. Great, great ambiance. That's a good text. I, I love the fact that this picture, the only thing wrong with it is my hair will never be that non-gray. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Texture says, John ha- Hancock. Did Trevor mean John Hopkins? Did that say John Hancock? <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about. 
You said I, I thought you meant like Syracuse had a player named John Hancock, and no. you're just like trying to. I never. I had no, no idea they, where they, you were the going. The player is Herbie Hancock. It's now, I, <laughs> now I realize that you. John Hopkins is on man. John's Hopkins. They wear the white boots. John Hopkins. John Hancock. What is there really a difference? <laughs> yes. I mean, what? What? I mean, seriously. I mean, who has? Who hasn't thought they were the same person? What? 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 <laughs> What's the building in Chicago? That's is that that's the Hancock Building, right? There is a Hancock Tower. Yeah. yeah, that's the second largest building in Chicago. If it's called that anymore, I don't know. Texas says TJ said after the Canada Games that UK can win a national championship this year. I'm not going to hate on him for that comment because you I mean, could have said that before the Canada Games with college basketball. Who yeah, knows? I mean, you know, if they're, like, I think there's going to be another one of those years where it doesn't look like there's going to be like a dominant team. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe there is, but it does feel like a year where the best. 10, 15, maybe 20 teams all have at least a shot at a national title. And UK could, could work its way in that mix. I mean, he's not saying that he like, thinks they're the favorite or anything, I'm assuming. But if he's saying he thinks they have a shot at a national title, I'm not going to I'm not gonna slam him for that. I don't think that they'll win it this year, but they could. Texas says, you've never heard of a slee stack. No, I haven't. Is, this, is that a picture from Creature of the from the Black Lagoon? A slee stack? This is like one of those movies that was made fun of on Mystery Science Theater. Looks like a C. Yeah, the person that comes up is a sea slack god from the Land of the Lost episode, season one, episode two. Oh, so it's just like an old show. I it's or it's off of. Oh, it's the I guess it's the little monsters that lived underground. I guess okay. I didn't know what they were called either. Texture says Trevor quote. In my defense, I couldn't tell which one was Jesus. Trevor Kelsey, July seventeenth. <laughs> I mean, go you go watch that. Everyone has long hair and beards. How was I supposed to? There's twelve of them. Also, how do we know Jesus even got? Maybe it was one of the other guys. Maybe he threw a, 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 a bogey out there at us. I don't know. What to say. I mean, that's how he did. Re- maybe that's how he resurrected from. He wasn't actually dead. Trevor, are you getting where you'll be awake? Uh, first tea <laughs> on the East Coast. Tea time for the British Open is going to be one o'clock a.m. Will you be watching? And can we get Trevor Kelsey's official pick for the Open Championship? Um, I'm going with uh, Lakehand, and then uh, <laughs> Patrick Cantlay. Oh, he's, 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 he's graduated high Kant. school. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that dude. It's I'm not gonna, a bad pick. I'm going with him. Uh, will I be watching? Probably not. Uh, I will be watching Blood and Guts tonight. Oh, AEW night. That's yeah, right. it's Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts. I sound like the dude in training day. <laughs> you heard the test <laughs> yet, man. <laughs> I caught a minute, a few minutes out on cable the other day. Doesn't edit well. <laughs> no, it's bad. Is Orange Cassidy right? Um, I don't think he is tonight. I mean, because you have the Blood and Guts match. What's more day as champion then? I mean, a two-hour show. Blood and Guts is an hour of the show. Okay. So the other match, the uh, Jungle Boy is wrestling, wrestling Hook, which I would expect him to either win the match and upset Hook, or something happens, he has to powder out and he gets like disqualified in some way. But they don't usually do that very often in AEW, which is a good thing. Um, and then uh, you have. Um, the um, the blind eliminator tournament championship is tonight, which is Adam Cole and MJF, the random tag team, which something will happen. Cork Gimpsher, because MJF is going to be wrestling him for the title the next paper. Now the big question of the night: yeah. Do the Reds get off the Schneid? Graham Ashcraft has pitched well recently. They're not going up against again one of the Giants' aces. Ross Stripling is zero two with a bad ERA. They got the new line. Jonathan India can't hit into five double plays tonight. 7-10 first pitch. Challenge accepted. Do the Reds win this evening? Do they finally snap the six-game losing streak? Trevor Kelsey, what say you? They're playing Giants, right? Yes. Nope. Sweet. Giants win. Man, you just cut my throat. 
It's quick and easy. <laughs> well, that's how I like it. Good God. <laughs> nope. Nope. I told you. Well, I mean, I told you on Monday they weren't beating Logan Webb. Well, I knew that. I, I, yeah, you, you were right about that. I mean, Logan Webb was he's, he was dealing too. He's been he's been good. So I mean, yeah, I'm I'm going. Um, yeah, sorry to say, I don't think it's going to turn out well. Who do you have after this series? Well, they do play the Giants again tomorrow afternoon, so it's four game series. Oh, well, that sucks for you. I mean, we go Diamondbacks, who doesn't get any easier there. Then at Brewers, Diamondbacks at- are beatable though. They're kind of overachieving this year a little bit. They're like you. Yeah, I mean, they're, what they're, I think they're still what they're second place behind the Dodgers. Well, yeah. the Giants are on fire now, so they may not be. Uh, but we go. Diamondbacks, Brewers again, Dodgers, Cubs will be a nice. Although Cubs have been you know, up and down, um, it's yeah, it just it does not. July sucks. July. The Diamondbacks' bad. big thing is Zach Allen's awesome, and uh, Merrick Kelly, or whatever, has been pitching like a beyond his like normal means. This I think year. We're, he's I, been awesome. I think we're winning tonight. Ashcraft shoves again. Offense gets it going. India's can't hurt us anymore. They're going to win, and then we'll see what happens tomorrow afternoon. We'll have two games to talk about on tomorrow's show. Everyone enjoy your Wednesday I'm evening. i get my Chinese slash ramen slash We'll talk about else. your Chinese, I'm sure. Go Reds. Go AEW. Blood and guts. Blood and guts. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. I let my explode Now I'm switching my mind back into freak mode If you won't skirt, sit back and observe I just left a gang of over there on the curb Now they got the freaks and that's a known fact Before I got jacked, I was on the same track Back up, back up, cause it's on N-A-T-E-A